We're back. We're back. This is Net That Hole. Have we been away? <laughs> I don't, don't think so. Um, Mariner here. How are you doing, everybody? Um, just to give you a quick um, date stamp, time stamp on this. It's Saturday morning. I'm six hours into a hangover uh, in Singapore. <laughs> um, sometime around the end of June, I think. Uh, I don't even know what day it is. Saturday. Gabe, you are in Phoenix, Arizona now. I am in Phoenix. It is, let's see, it is 40 degrees Celsius, which is uh, right currently here at uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, last week, it was 40 degrees Celsius by 9 a.m. So uh, this week is better. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, it seems like the same temperature I was playing golf yesterday. Anyway, Nima, married on Sunday. Yeah, Get this is like the FPL stag. Yeah, FPL stag do. I thought this is your FPL stag do. Indeed, I, I've got my uh, Van Gogh glass with the glass straw. Van Gogh. Van yeah, Gogh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah from, Van Gogh. Yeah, it is Van Gogh, but he went crazy, <laughs> didn't he? He's he's the one who cut off his ear. Well, that's that's the sort of thing I do in FPL seasons. I know. I thought I thought you guys would relate. That's why I mentioned the cup. This game is like torture. We call it a hobby, but it's just all painful all yeah. year long. I know. I Van Gogh, Van Gogh used early. to call his painting a hobby, and then he cut his ear off. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Hibbo as well. You're with us, buddy. Start as we mean to go on, and of course we've got. So well, go. Let's just get this right. Nima, London. Yeah, so I'm in London, so it's about 11 p.m. now. So it's just the beginning of Friday night. Hmm. We're going to go live with Chris, enjoy the coffee, while the rest of us enjoy some drinks, right? Well, I've got coffee and water, and I'm also trying to keep the cat out of the room, which is basically as usual. It's normal. But I'm always the one who draws the short scrub because the world is round. But believe it or not, everybody, it feels very flat sometimes. Um, yeah, so, and of course, we have Hibbo. Who's in Derry? How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to, ready to get going for the new season, you know, so um, exciting times. We don't have much of a break, really, do we? No, no. And I wasn't doing, I wasn't planning on doing any content and I took one look at the Euros and got and got into my stats again. I'm, I'm, I can't help myself. Mm. I, I think you're just, you're like an FDR fiend. <laughs> an FDR fiend. Yes. Yeah. That's what I might put in my YouTube title, FDR fiend. Or in the <laughs> FB, in, uh, YouTube, I'm at it already. I'm talking to shit. In the Twitter, yeah. FPR, F FDR fiend. I like it. Who have we got in anyway? We've got Jamie Baker. Good night. Oh, he's already off to bed. Hello, mate. <laughs> Raj, how are you doing, man? Bungle the Gooner. He's changed his name this year from just Bungle to Bungle the Gooner. That must, be in solidarity. that must be in solidarity to you, Nima. Yeah, but it's because of Saka showing mm. on the international stage on his first Yeah, but chance. you need to show your hair. You need to show your stripe. Yeah, at the beginning, I'll do it. But I don't know how many people are. I might do it like, you know, like on OnlyFans where you reach a certain number of people. So when oh, we reach oh, a certain number right. of likes okay. or something. All right. So I'll bring right. myself so out. When, like, when we well, reach 15 people got... watching, you can do it. Yeah, there's well, 14, there's 14 likes. I'll take 50 likes and 20 people watching. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll call it out early. 
don't be thinking we're going to be doing anything else. I mean, I have, I have no forfeits to do. I don't have to put my underpants on my head. I can't remember what I said I was going to do it for, but I remember I didn't have to do it. No, no I, think, I think definitely if we get the stream up to 50 legs, I think Nevis should take his top off. <laughs> top off? I was just going to show my hair. But the top off. <laughs> <laughs> so have, you, have you got your fancy dress outfit from your... Um, Oh, it's in the car, but I could quickly, swiftly get it. Yeah, <laughs> if we get to 50 likes, you've got to go and put your Pikachu outfit on. That sounds like a plan. Yeah, uh, let's, right, let's that's it. spread get the word. This Tweet is the it, plan. Guys. 50 <laughs> likes, Nima's going to go and put his Pikachu on. He's going to go out to his car in the middle of the One night seat. in London, put his Pikachu on. He might never come back because he's probably just going to get arrested. <laughs> sounds like it, especially in my area. Right. Do you know what? As, as usual, five minutes in, we're just talking complete crap. But I think that's what people. Um, <laughs> I think those people are quite used to that with us, are they? Anyway, so who else we've got? We've got uh, Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? Um, yeah, I think that's just a few people. We've got twelve in, which isn't bad considering it's the middle of the night here. Um, a lot of the Indian chaps said, "Oh, I'll try my best to get up at three o'clock in the morning and watch you, Chris." I said, "I said." You don't. Don't worry about it. I said, just, just watch the recording. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even get up in the middle of the night and watch England anymore. <laughs> and don't get me started on that. It's like watching bloody paint dry. Anyway, I know, right. I know, I know, I know, but you're playing Germany and I think you have a chance. Yeah. How long, how long, how old are you? 37. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you <laughs> have to think about that, Hippo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I saw you counting. We, 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 we've spoken about this before. So, like, whenever I got over a certain age in life, I, I like, don't know my own age anymore. Mm. So, like, if anybody that's says, what, 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 what age are you? Yeah, I'd just be like, 31, 32, uh, 37. And I find it. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Do you know what? You do go through a stage like that. And I'll tell you what the next trick is. I don't know if anybody can follow, follow me on this one. Get to 40. When you get to 40, start counting backwards and see how long it is before someone tells you you're a lying git. You're no longer 36, you're actually 44. I think I got to 46. I was still telling people I was 34 before someone said, you're not 34, Chris, you're a liar. <laughs> got called out. Anyway, right, guys, let's get into this a little bit. I mean, first things first, look at these graphics. We have a graphic designer in our, in our midst. Well, sort of. Well, it's Hibbo. Uh, the, the, these are quite good, Hibbo. You're going to be responsible for all our thumbnails this year, right? That's that's basically the plan. So I don't really have any graphic design background, but I've been messing around with graphics in the off season. So I think it looks well. Like it, it's it's it incorporates the doodle images that that, that the FPL doodles did for us. You know, so and about a kind of very bright neon green as well, which I think hopefully it, it, it grabs people's attention when they go on the youtube you know so. yeah i think that's what most people go for that neon green don't they on youtube these days but anyway so we're not copying anybody honest but <laughs> it's the colors of fpl right green and purple yeah. that's what i've realized yeah so no so there we go so we've got nima do, uh, sorry nima we've got hippo doing this sort of stuff now and of course as we've already done a bit of the introduction into um about us a little bit about where we about where we sit but just to say we are truly global right lads um i'm english i sit in singapore gabe hails from venezuela and lives in america nima hails from iran and lives in the uk england shall we say 
Indeed, yeah, England. I know for now, but I, I don't think well yeah. for them next Tuesday. No, by Tuesday, it'll be back to the. We could, we could by Tuesday, it'll change back again. That's why I have my <laughs> Arsenal. If you even look at my uh, graphic on the FPL Doodles artwork, I have the Arsenal shirt on. So I'm here for the two things: transfer trends and Arsenal. That's yeah. the only two things I can be honest about. Otherwise, I'm competing and, with and everyone. Hippos in, so. yeah. And hippos in Ireland. So there we go. But hails from Ireland. Lives in Ireland. And is a Celtic fan. And is a Celtic fan. Yes. For my sons. For my sons. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what we're going to do tonight, this morning, tonight, whatever it is, wherever you're listening, we're going to literally talk a little bit about ourselves. You've already got a bit of that. We're going to look at our histories uh, on FPL the type of player we are. Um, you can probably feel free to comment as much as you want in the comments. Guys, if you see some uh, nugget of golden nugget in the comment, just fire straight in because I really want this to be interactive. You know, when we start talking about last season, tell us what was good, what was bad. You know, we've all got our pantomime villains. I've got Gareth Bale in his golf club somewhere <laughs> and Rob Holding, among other players who we know may come up in chats. But as much as anything, we're going to talk about what style of play we are as well. And if there are lessons learned, if there is anything which we can learn, apart from not listening to Gabe about Gareth Bale, um, <laughs> then let's have them. So there's a question here. Are we showing our first drafts? Well, first of all, Hassan, I've done a draft. Gabe, have you done a draft? I've done a couple of drafts, but... I a draft this time of year is just like it's a, it's like something you do when with with the the, the morning duties if, if if you know what I mean you sit, sit in the bathroom you do a little draft and then you're kind of done for the day it's yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, draft really serious. you're saying you do your drafts on the toilet I do just once <laughs> and then that's it it's, it's not basically it's nothing that I take too seriously I, this I time of year. So when we so when we get when we get to your when we get to your history, there's no wonder that your rankings are so shit. It's, <laughs> I, I am nothing if not consistent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite regular, you might say. Uh, I, I I actually haven't done a, I haven't done a draft like I went on and I auto selected a team so. I don't really know if these boys are under this, but like I'm under kind of trying to get like a low team ID. Yeah. You know, it's it's it's, it's a funny you know, it's a funny out. it's a funny a stupid thing in the FPL world where it's like, oh, I want to get the lowest ID possible. So I auto selected a team, I submitted it, and see since then I haven't looked at my team yet, you know. So um where I stand with making a draft is at the minute, I don't think there's any point in me making a draft because there's too long until the season starts. It's too long. There's so much that can happen. But but it's 49 days. <laughs> Just the Euros have to finish days. first, let alone transfers. There's been really no transfer activity. Yeah, none until the Euros finishes, but they want to start early. Although Sancho looks as if he's gonna get done. Mm. Yeah, it looks Grealish, like Grealish looks as if he's gonna get done. There's a lot of noise about Grealish, so mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's going to change a lot, isn't it? I mean, look, I've done a cup, I've done, I've got a draft, and I, it took me. I, I posted on Twitter that it took me two minutes. We're going to come on to the game in general later on about probably some of the. I, I think we can call criticism, lads, actually, uh, about some of the pricing and this, that, and the others. But we'll save that for later on. 
get a, yeah, hippos. Hippos gonna get oiled, and then we're gonna let the we're gonna let the attack dog loose. I'm basically, I'm, I'm basically Yarmolenko, right? So like, if you cannot see this, like, just come on and sponsor me. Just, just come and sponsor me. <laughs> Lost what Christian, Cristiano Ronaldo in his Coca-Cola. Uh, did you see the Yarmolenko video? He was saying, ah, oh, just everybody sponsor me. It was so funny. <laughs> Oh dear, and yeah, so we've got some drafts, but I might put my draft up at the end just to, to show you. I've got it on the, uh, I can put, I could put it on the screen if I need to, if uh, if you want to see it. So yeah, so we've got a few more people. I've got Tony on. We've got uh, Grady, um, Hassan's here, as I said. Uh, got Sal has not been allowed to go to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Tony said, yeah, we've heard that. I think. Mm -hmm. so, but anyway, yeah. let's let's crack on. So we're going to start with Hibbo. For a change, we're going to do it in different order. So, what we've got, lads, is we've got a few questions which I'm going to put to you, and then someone's going to have to put them to me if you can remember what they are. Because I don't think I give you the questions. Yeah, I have, I have that's the questions. Right, uh, Hibble, Hibble has them written down that, that's in perfect. a notebook. So, anyways, here, here is the legend. Here is the legend that is Hibbo with with. Well, actually, the the graphic only shows half a brain. Well, I don't know if that's true, but sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it depends how frequently I've been drinking. And and the and the and the team colours are as probably as close to Celtic as you can get, although it doesn't look a bit like Chelsea's but a what a Chelsea's second mm. kits at some stage. See, right, as far as team team kits go in FPL, I'm a complete nerd. Like see whenever I go Gabriel, Gabriel, you don't have a rig. No. Because I went in and I looked at your team and your rig's completely white and see to me that's like sacrilege in FPL. You gotta make a rig. You, ha really? you have to oh you have to make a rig. So like my inspiration for the rig is always kind of well, it's loosely based on the bumblebee kit, the Celtic. But no, we'll, we'll just look say at my history there. So what I'm gonna say is if you look at my last three seasons, we're gonna caveat them. My uh, oldest daughter is three and a half, so that's why in my last three seasons I've been completely absolute shit. Um <laughs> That's, that's 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 boding well for wow. me, then, isn't it? Wow. Oh, hi, hi, welcome. Wow, to yeah, you there. know what? The six before that are all top twenty-five. We're we're, tw we're fifteen minutes in, and Hibbo's throwing his daughter under the bus. This is no, 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 you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe the amount of full 90-minute matches I would have watched. Like, I would have watched basically every Premier League match going. And we're maybe going to touch on that down the line where we talk about, say, lessons learned. And for me, that's something I want to get back into a bit more, which is watching as many full games as I possibly can. Um, but, yeah, I've been playing the game since 2006, although at that stage I wasn't really, like, an engaged and foreign player. So 2012-2013 was really my first proper season where I got on the – I became – a big poster in the message board for FF Scout. So from there, you can see, well, I had the 16K, I had 5K, 13K, 22. And then my best rank was the 4,443. Um, not a bad history, but then the last few years haven't been great, you know. Well, we'll get that right this year. As I said, you know, now you've blamed your daughter. There's no coming back now. You're gonna, have, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to, you're in the, you're plumbing the depths. We're plumbing no. the depths of FPL content here, boys and girls. <laughs> if I was blaming his daughter for his rank, <laughs> and it's a pretty good rank. The six years before, 
That, no, get, it's an impressive record. It has to be said, though. It's, uh, you know, just a quick question here: If yes. can you actually think back the point that you know that nosebleed moment when you've been so high in the middle of the season? Do you know your highest intra-season rank? See that year where I came four thousand four hundred and forty-three. At one point, I was top five hundred. So pretty good that year, like you know. But um, no, like, like the questions that you've asked me is like, what kind of, what type of player would you consider yourself? Aggressive, passive, patient, um, impatient. Seeing my best years, I was such an aggressive player, and I watched. I was trying to, I'm trying to get to that point where I watched a lot of matches, and I was re- really engaged in watching ninety minutes of football all the time. I could sit down, watch match of the day or watch a full match. I could see one piece of skill in the game from a player or maybe a player who's out of position or like a wing back who's getting forward a lot. And I could just see a wee glimpse and go, I need to get that guy. Now, I feel like my style has changed a bit over the years where from being aggressive, I've kind of turned to being a bit passive. And what I want to do this year, which is different to previous years, is I want to kind of try and shut out the noise a bit. And I want to kind of try and... You posted this the other day, game about... Do you know who you are? Like you made this, it was quite a deep tweet, I thought, on Twitter. Like, how do you know who you are? And I kind of feel as if over the years, I've kind of lost who I am in terms of a player in FPL. And I want to get back to that. I want to get back to being kind of hyper-aggressive. I was very hot-heavy in those years. Like, I can't turn around and say I was one of those players that says, oh, I'm not going to take minus four. In those years, I was very aggressive and very hot-heavy. Um, so, like, the, the answer to your next question, had the role. I'm more hot than roll. If I roll the tr- roll the transfers, kind of like against my religion. Um, strategy early wildcard TV. I like the ball team value early in the season. So we all know, like I know Nemeth really that he's the guru here as far as like price trends go. But when the season starts, I like to be early in my transfers. I try and get as many good players in as possible and get that TV built up early doors. Um, Best moment of last season was my game week 35 bench boost. Now, it was ridiculous that I held my bench boost in game week 35. But in the week, I ended up scoring 172 points on a minus 12, mind you. But my game week rank was something like 800. Well, without touch, it was like 885. It was my high point of the season. And my worst moment of the season was really my starting team and my first nine weeks. I started the team. I started the season with Havers and Werner. Um... And then you're looking around at, say, say Michael Coon had won it and other people had started well and they had, say, Harry Kane, Son. We know those boys came out of the blocks playing. And if I want to talk about, say, lessons learned, well, for me, a lesson that I've learned is don't maybe go too far away from the template when you're starting the season. Don't try and be too clever. In, term of ha- in terms of Havertz and Werner, we didn't really know what we were going to get out of Havertz and Werner, and I really bought under the hype, and I bought under Werner's, oh, he's got this XG from the Bundesliga, and like, I thought he was going to hit the ground running. It looked as if on paper Chelsea had a really good side. It didn't turn out to be the way. They went to Tuchel. Things improved, obviously, since Lampard, you know, but it was it, it, it's a bit of a debate that the boys in Nirvana have been having recently. It was all... Once a player reaches a certain level of skill in the game, is there really any more that you have to learn? And it was touched on on the week on Twitter. I'm not going to I'm not going to name who posted it on Twitter during the week, but 
People, I think, are kind of in this mindset that once you become, say, a player that of a certain level of skill and you've been playing for so many years that you don't really have anything to learn. I came 175k last year. If I turned around since I didn't have anything to learn from last season, A, I wouldn't be being true to myself. You know, I think you have to be self-analytical and turn around. And for me, I messed up my wild cards. My starting team wasn't great. At different points in the season, I played all right, but... If I took another lesson out of it, it would be that don't kind of play your wildcard thinking about, oh, these players are going to get away from me and transfer value and I'm going to get priced out of certain moves. My team wasn't bad. If I had maybe took a couple of hats, I probably could have preserved my early wildcard. So that's a, a lesson for me, but I think it's a bit of advice for people out there. It's As well with, with my second wildcard that I played in game week 26, I maybe could have took a minus 12 and that we can preserve my wildcard to game week 31, which would have been a better time to play it. So, look, mm. I, he, he's no me. I like to talk, but I'll let one of you talk now. <laughs> well, we're still going to stay with you, actually. But uh, there's a great question that's coming, but I think we'll save that for the end, guys. So just yeah. uh, keep that one for the end. There's a fantastic question coming from Prasun. So we'll, we'll come back to that. But Hippo, um, obviously... Just to let people know, obviously part of what we're talking about today is about the content and what we're doing. We've already mentioned the fact that we're global. Uh, and to let people know, we have now agreed that the Tuesday Compass show, which we called it last year, is actually going to be done in the UK time zone. And that's going to be done with Hibbo and with Nima and possibly Gabe and, and occasionally perhaps the poor devil sat in Singapore, but the time zones are going to destroy me if they, if, if, if I'm ever on at that time in the morning. But but one part of what we're going to do in the in the Compass show or the early show of the week is we're going to talk about breaking the template, Hibbo. And this is your this is your beast, right? This is Hibbo's hammer. So this... tell us about tell us about your content and the, obviously you've got tons of experience and and also you know a real wit. And you know, can I say lovable rogue about you? But I think you can say that. Yeah, a lovable rogue. I think that's the way I describe you. Um, But obviously, this part of that lovable rogue is breaking the template, right? So tell us about this. I wrote, I wrote an article or a thread, sorry, which became an article, I suppose, in Fantasy Football Hub early, uh, well, kind of at the midpoint of last season, about ownership. And it was really from that article that I think Gabriel got in touch with me. They asked me they would appear as a guest on Net That Hall. So when I came on to Net That Hall, I started talking about ownership, but I started talking about well how we think about ownership and stuff like that. And really that was that was that was breaking a template and it's and it's and kind of formative that was a conception for it. Like, you know, it was how can we use ownership to make decisions within the game? So and this slide that you can see on screen at the minute. So this was this was like a snapshot of say double game week twenty seven, where I focused on say Gundogan. Now at that stage, Gundogan's form was red hot. Um, we could see he had ninety one percent ownership in the top ten k, and that week I said it was Prasun. He he helped me with a EO forecast that week, so that we forecast that um, Gundogan will come in with effective ownership of around one hundred forty percent. I think it was closer to one hundred fifty by the time the season went live. So, as we can see from the graphic, for the stats leading up to that, so from game week 30, 13 to game week twenty six, for players from all positions, like Gundogan ranked first for big chances with twelve, and he, he also ranked first for goals with eleven. So, with that in mind, you are kind of looking at that, thinking, well, how wise is it to back against Gundogan? 
in a double game week because we look at all these data from from that from that fairly large period and thinking surely it's a bit crazy. I kind of try and formulate an argument against, and the argument against was Gundogan was getting these big chances, but he was converting them all. Now, I'm big on the kind of conversion and looking at rates of conversion and thinking 31% for me is it's, it's, it's unsustainable. Like, you know, that's basically you're getting, you're scoring nearly a third of every kind of chance that you get. You're turning every sh- a third of every shot you get on the goal. But I, th- I went a bit deeper with Gundogan because at that time, Gabriel Jesus had just come back from injury. Aguero had come back from injury. And really what created an opportunity for me for Gundogan with on the side was the fact that Kevin De Bruyne, he suffered an injury himself and that, and that pushed Gundogan to the fore and it basically pushed Gundogan onto the false nine position. So the return of these players, like my analysis that week, was that well, Gundogan's now going to start dropping deeper and he's maybe going to be less involved and kind of these lit runs to the box that's going to get him under the big chance position. The talk about KDB coming back was going to impact as of all the... It was going to, it wasn't going to have penalties. Well, the, the general thinking was he wasn't going to have penalties, and that turned out to be the case. So in that week itself, I recommended KDB. Now, in the double week, Gundogan scored 10 points. KDB actually scored 16 points. So I think in terms of the article, it was a one that week. But that's, that's basically... The concept of breaking the template, it's that we might look at, say, a high EO player and say, well, can we oppose them in any given week? Should we go against? What's the pros? What's the cons? And we can also look at other things. Like if we look at last season, I think from game week 10, Manchester City had a great run of fixtures. Um, their defenders were so keenly priced. Like you're talking about John Stones. I think I bought John Stones at like 4.8 million. But early in the season, the cumulative ownership really of Man City defenders was quite low. And I think players that kind of got ahead of the crowd, they doubled up very they doubled up very early. So they went on with maybe 200 percent of Man City defense compared to maybe the field had maybe, say, a 30% cumulative or something like that, you know, just a rough ballpark kind of figure. Another example was later in the season, which was Chelsea. And I think the community, in a certain respect, they slept in Chelsea defence. I know we discussed it in the, the show. There was reasons for that and the fact that we had so many blank game weeks and so many double game weeks that everybody was kind of zigzagging from blank to double and blank to double. And at the time, I think Chelsea maybe blanked and stuff like that. And people were kind of going, right, well, I have to focus on these blanks and I have to focus on these doubles first. But Chelsea went on an insane run of clean sheets and stuff like that, where like a double up in defence, if you had a look at the cumulative, cumulative ownership of like Chelsea defence, like a double at a certain points would have done you really well. So... Mm. Uh, it's not just a case of looking at a single player every week. Some weeks we'll be looking at defence or some weeks I'll be looking at defence as well. Cool. Cool. Fantastic. I mean, I'm just thinking about Chelsea. I, I recall looking at the double game week. I think, was it game week 26? I think Chelsea play, Chelsea had two really tough fixtures on paper. I think, Gabe, did you bring Rudiger in that week? Yeah, that, that's. I brought Rudiger in slightly yeah. before. Before then, I think, um, yeah. and, and and I when I went in early on uh, on the city defenders, I had I brought Cancelo and Stones in on my wild card in game week twelve, and so to to, to to Hibbo's point, um, yeah, but that that's why I, I think I, I I valued you know when when I initially reached out to you, Hibbo, I was 
I was so impressed because you were getting into the kind of the, the psychology of of the trends, and then but beyond that, um, where where when the current goes one way, there's an opportunity that opens up somewhere else, uh, right? Just just like on on the when you're playing a match, right? You know, when the when the movement is one way, then there's space on another side, and I think that's what this is about: is finding the space is opened up by the kind of currents um, of ownership. I think I think they kind of pull back where you're where we're talking about saying my better seasons and stuff like that. And I had a bit of a mantra and my better seasons. You can't do really well in the game by doing the exact same thing as everybody else. And that, that like that's something I still kind of love by. And it's like if, if I have had a feeling in the last three years, it's that I've maybe had content overload where you kind of get stuck on a rut and like the template and like it doesn't necessarily have to be on Twitter, but it can be on whichever message board you're on. And you can just kind of go along with a tide and kind of do the same thing as everybody else. Whereas, like, the guy that won it, he didn't do the same thing as everybody else. Like, he 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 was first to the party probably in every transfer. Like, like I looked at Michael Kunstein at Bamford in game week one when probably not everybody, you know, things like that. And, you know, I, I read a piece of analysis during the season where they were talking about Michael Kuhn and, like, people were saying, Oh, he got where he got. He got where he was because he had a really template team. To me, nonsense. He was ahead of the template. Right. Like he was ahead. Of, like he he couldn't get the number one by being template. He had to be the template before the template was the template. So, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's something that's a bit misunderstood in terms of the game, where the people will go, "Oh, but he, he had a template team." You go, "I will Bamford's template now," but Bamford Bamford wasn't template in game week one. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so cool. Fantastic, right. Um, God, you talk, don't you? How long do we each get? A 15-minute segment? Yeah, well, it's all right. Yeah, don't worry about no, it. Not anymore, Anima. Not anymore. No, don't <laughs> My season was shit anyway. So it wasn't. It was very good, but then it went very bad. So you, I remember you, you were doing great. You could have a laugh when you come round to me. Anyway, <laughs> we're gonna have. I'm gonna have a glass of. I'm gonna have a sip of water. We're gonna have. A, we're gonna have a uh, twenty second break, and uh, I'm just gonna tell you about uh, our strategic partnership with uh, AllAboutFPL.com. Are you craving more FPL content? Then look no further than AllAboutFPL.com. Head over there for weekly articles from some of the top content creators on the planet. So what are you waiting for? Head over to allaboutfpl.com, the website for all your FPL needs. There we go. It's quite good, that, isn't it? Quite professional. <laughs> I'm quite pleased with that. Surrey likes it. Surrey is coming on. I think we've agreed, Gabe, um, that Surrey is going to be joining us every other week, I think, this year, isn't he? I think that's roughly what we've said. Yeah, that's great news, too. Uh, such, such, such an asset, such a, such a good FPL mind. That's right, and uh, and uh, and do hit up all about FPL dot com because uh, we're linked off the off the uh, off the homepage now as well. Mm-hmm. So not only can you find articles uh, from Gabe, but Nima, you're on there as well, aren't you? Yeah, I am. So I'm a co-editor with Surya. So him yeah. and four friends started it a few years ago, and I came on board this year when they were about five k followers, and since then they've grown to like twelve k. So they've been going in. Lots of new writers. There's four editors now and about 32 writers in total. Lovely. And it's always going to be free. So that's the key thing. So there's no plans for the site to kind of monetize. No, no. And that's, that's, that's our mantra as well, isn't it? Free. Indeed. We are yeah, not. 
free FPL, not profit. FPL Robin Hoods. <laughs> Indeed. Hashtag straight from, straight from that straight out the game playbook. <laughs> right. To, Nima, to from a little of everywhere. <laughs> Nima, you've sat there patiently. So now we're gonna let you loose. So uh come on then, mate. Tell us all about you. Look at that. You win you win trophies. Yeah, so I'm a mini league kind of guy originally. That's what got me into FPL. So when I first started, it was a work league in 2012 when I graduated uni. So I didn't really do well. I used to like follow Scout back then, look at the tips they had for the players and try and copy them, like Hibbo was saying, like kind of just find the template and go with it. And it, it was all right, but I would take too many hits. Same thing next year. It was even worse. Then one year, a blessing in disguise happened. So between 2013-14 and then when I played my third season of FPL, I actually missed the game week one deadline by one minute. And I was in the Lake District with Jazz, my wife-to-be. And I missed it by one minute. And the team I chose got over 100 points. And it only counted from game week two. So I just quit that year. I didn't play. And it was a blessing because that was the one year where Jazz said to me, like, oh, I didn't realize you were so into FPL. She was like, at first, it just it was this casual thing. And then, like, Suddenly, next thing I know, you're always on your phone. You're always looking at stats. You're always looking at FPL. So from the third year on, that's when I took it serious. So I went for like top 500K, then 100K. But since about 2016 onwards, I've managed to maintain that around the 100K is my annual goal now. But last year, to conclude really, was like my best season by far. So that year, I guess I'll talk more later in the show about what I did differently. But I came 1,102. And at some point, I thought I could make a triple-digit finish. It didn't quite happen. But this year, I still managed top 100K, so it was my second best finish to date. So I'm hoping now in the third year, especially with the content creation, and especially when I come to answer that question later, it did somehow help still. So even though the content creation was difficult, it did help me pick because I made my article centered around what I wanted to know. So the decisions I make as a manager, the type of manager I am when you ask me, that's actually based on the article I write for Fantasy Football Hub, so Transfer Trends. Now, I, I've been using the data from Fantasy Football Fix as well. And I really enjoy seeing like, the comparisons they show between the different players who are being sold and the ones who are being bought as the most popular combination. So we've got some graphics later that I'll show. But the, the reality is that's where I first got started. And then I met Surya, became co-editor at allaboutfpl.com after writing on Fantasy Football Hub to start with. And then I met you guys, right? So I think around Game Week 26, I came on the show last season that was going to be an interesting moment. I think it was around January, maybe. It was the first double, it was a big double game week, the second one, actually, when they released the game week uh, news after the game week 25 deadline by one minute. So FPL Towers trolled us then. And later, when I talk about my troll of the season and for this season to come, it's still them because they released the game too early. And as Hibbo was saying, like, there's no point in even having a team right now. Like, a first draft today means nothing. So I'll talk about the players I like, the prices that seem nice, but. There's a long way to go. There's so many unknowns. Like if Ferran Torres becomes a number nine at Man City, you never know, right? If Grealish goes there, there's so many things that could happen. So okay. I'm waiting till the Euros ends personally. Um, now, next season, I also hope to kind of obviously be doing the show with Hibbo, as you mentioned. So every Monday or Tuesday. So whenever a game week ends and we wrap up that week, we want to have a little review of it. We're, it's quite a nice time to do it, I think, because his break in the template and my transfer trends they actually go quite well together because I'm looking at them, mm. kind of what the masses are doing. And if you want a knee jerk with them, and sometimes the knee jerk works out right, but sometimes it doesn't. Whereas Hibbo is looking at how to actually cut through all that noise and make the right choice. And he's trying to break through that template. Whereas 
I'd say I'm more of a template player when you ask about my style. So I actually like wood roll. Most of the time I wouldn't hit. So I had a look at my uh, game week history and I saw that I've taken a minus 32 in hits this season. So it's not really that many. I think that's about eight hits, is that? Yeah, but my captain points were weak. So I'd say this finish I have here with like a 60K finish, well, I'm being generous, a 62K finish even, um, it's only had 550 captain points. And I feel like that's where I got let down. So when I look at something like the captaincy metric and it's been getting 79% all of last season, I think I need to pay way more attention to the algorithms this season so when we have the show after hibbo and i have done it on tuesday and we have the next live kind of closer to the deadline so maybe thursday friday that one is going to be talking more about what's going on next so you've got gabriel's got two articles i'm sure whenever he comes to his part he will explain about those but i'll set him up from here because they're fantastic articles and i think again the way we all probably met is as content creators so what i was realizing i was talking to a friend and they said kind of tell me about your co-host i was like you know what we all actually kind of write a lot of things in a lot of different places and mm. we've all kind of just happened to all meet and it's really nice when you talk about all about fpl earlier and surya so when you see him obviously coming on the show now every other week so i think we have a global reach we all have like different time zones covered so we've got one show for each side and now that it's in podcast format this season as well so on everything spotify apple and google so whatever you need to find it on and I'll, the only one you can actually leave a review on is apple so if you do have itunes or an ipad we would love a review if you enjoy this. As I said, it will always stay free. So get your comments in. Let's get to the 50 likes for Pikachu, but let's think about <laughs> what would happen for 500 likes. Can and I... With that, I would like to look at the transfer <laughs> trends graphic, please. No, I haven't even asked you your bloody questions yet. You've gone off with your advert. I should have put an advert. I just put the hashtag ad up. No, I went, through, I went through it. I went through it on Twitter the other week. <laughs> You don't want to see it yourself on your timeline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. can, I, can I can I give a bit of a shout out here, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna keep quiet. We have a <laughs> we, we have a fella in the chat, uh, John Chappell, and John came 14th in FPL last year. So shout out oh, to John. Well, there we go. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's Matt, John. John, please do join the Net That Hole Mini League. You'll find the code in the in my Twitter. Um, we'd love you to. We'd love you to come in because my son messaged me the other day. He says, oh, "I've just checked someone's history, and they were they were seven hundredth in the world last year." No, I said, John, right. John I said, was fourteen. So get John. Yeah, so that's what we need now. That'll really annoy my son. So you know, please, please, please do join us, John. It's a pleasure to have you here, and well done on the season, mm. Nima. Very quickly, yes. Type of player: aggressive, passive, patient, impatient, patient. Prone yeah, to, yeah. Prone no to transfer. transfers. No, no, there, there is some, but I've learned from those. So I'll tell you about it. Like some of the seasons past, like I'll bring in Ibrahimovic for a double game week and then he'll get injured in the Champions League, ACL done, minus four straight out. Like I've had so many moments like that throughout my years as a FPL player. And I think that's probably what got me into writing content because even though I write about a lot of articles, I think my main thing is I do prefer talking about what we're doing because the memories I have, the moments, the games I've watched, like for me, FPL has always been about just enjoying the game. So when he was talking about watching the games and how I'm seeing certain players do certain things, that really inspired him to bring them in. That's why I kind of like Gabriel's articles as well, because there's a lot of like video stills and it's a lot of analysis. So I showed like my non-FPL friends and they were like, wow, like this is really high level stuff. And it's, 
is beyond FPL. So it's really good journalism, sports journalism, I would say. So if you're looking like the Bleacher Report, their style book, like he's got that down to a T. He's a fantastic writer. And I'm sure one day someone like The Athletic will be lucky to have him. <laughs> God, you still got blab blab. Like, are you on a retainer or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Like you know, see, see, look, Gabriel stuff. Gabriel stuff. He's like, he's like an analyst, an analyst, really. Like you know, in terms of like a football analyst, like, like that, that are getting paid by clubs. So, I, I, I honestly think we're like spoiled having Gabe as part of the show. Like, you know, I, I'm still waiting for those checks to arrive. By the way. <laughs> No, we love you, Gabe. From, from the clubs. We're going to yeah, come on to you in a bit if these two ever keep quiet. We'll get to you. You will make it. <laughs> to be fair, I think I'm doing well because I've only gone for about 10 minutes and I know no, that that's very true. we both did go for longer than that. Wait, but I, I, I do have to say, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to all of this and I have a much shorter history than, than everybody else. So it, for me, me it's, 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 it's interesting to see more experienced players and what their experience with the game has been. So... Just I'm, I'm comparing it to myself, and I, I don't. For me, I don't get lost in the in the noise. I make more noise, I think, than I listen to, or something like that. So, um, so well, I don't I really do. lose myself in the game. But I if I played it, <laughs> if I played it long enough, I think maybe that 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 would happen. So the, these are like things that that I'm looking at, and I think, well, I might I might encounter similar challenges down the road after I've played for you know six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Um, so. I, yeah, I find it really interesting the their journey. Yeah, Nima, very very quickly, just to run through these set questions, then because I like to do this because again, it's for people to think for themselves as well. So he said, hit our roll. So you're more of a roller than a hitter, right? You said that. Yeah, only yeah. only minus thirty two in hits last season, so yeah. eight hits. Uh, you're a team value man. I think we've come across that already. It was bad last season, but I, I tried. So I will take hits. So that's what's really interesting. So compared to the fact that I'm hit averse, the hits I do take of those eight, I found like four or five of them were in the first few weeks. And it was when I was like in game week two, I took in Bruno. It was after he didn't play the first blank game week and I bought him in for a hit instantly. Then I did it with DCL. So every week I made sure I was taking hits for the players that I thought would rise 0.3 million a week. So that's what I mean. So the article I write, like it all... It's me kind of writing for what I will then use to determine my FPL choices. And I've realized that about a lot of writers, so like Chris Tan as well, and his captaincy article, he writes that to help him pick his own teams. So it's really interesting. Yeah, so he does his fan team thing, but I think that captaincy article is fantastic, like similar to Gabe's level in terms of like being an analyst. So it's a really good article. But yeah. I know it's only available to FFH members and like obviously like it's not accessible the whole way through but a lot of it is for free so it's still worth checking out if you don't have a membership robin hood mm. well what i'm what i'm gonna say what i'm gonna say is chris tan's article is my favorite article in the whole exactly without a doubt like it, it's no. just it's so I, in-depth I, like it's to be fair i subscribe to hub as well so i do read those i think we all do um i mean look um uh, nima scouting methods are you a numbers man? Are you a, um, you know? I compare players. I man so, or are you something yeah. in between? No, so I compare players. So I use the eye test. And if I'm comparing players, sometimes I let the eye test overwrite the data. So I always say in life, outside of FPL2, this has been my, my kind of way of living, is if the qualitative data doesn't seem to be quite matching with the quantitative data, that means at least it needs a second look. 
So you need to go and rewatch the replay, see what the player does, see how confident they look. So like a prime example right now is in the Euros, seeing France, like they look kind of flat, but the one player that looks like he's really informed is Benzema. And he's just like there and he's scoring. And you think he's on a hot streak. So like for me, if we're talking about like Euros fantasy, like I thought I had Mbappe in all my first drafts for tomorrow, but then I changed it to Benzema because I was like, it's a few million cheaper. I can strengthen the rest of the team. He's, he's got penalties as well. So for why not? And that's what I mean, a player in form. So I look for that. And the problem is last year, I said Gundogan. I was talking about him from like game week 11 or 12. So many people debated against me. I gave them reasons why he was great. And I never brought him in for a while myself. So although I had him, I had him more when he was about 140% EO, like Hibbo was talking about in his breaking the template. So I never got to ride the highs of him. But some of my best memories of last season still is when you write the article and you nail the picks. Yeah. So even if you don't bring them into your yeah. own team, I'm just glad to be able to help the listeners, the readers, the mm-hmm. audience. I, I, I'll write the articles and sometimes I can't prioritize that transfer in my own team because it's more broken, right? There's so many fires to put out. And mm. so they get to reap the benefits and I get the expensive player that always fails. So my <laughs> worst moments last season were I brought in people like me instead of Loughton. I brought in Gundogan. Um, too late, as I said. I didn't bring in Lingard. I never had Martinez once. Like... There was a lot of sins. I had triple leads on a bench boost, six points in the double game week the first time around <laughs> when the game got cancelled. Um, um, but the funny thing is, those weeks were the weeks that I did my best as well. So even though they hurt, my wildcard week in game week 16, that took me up from 380k to 250k. And before that, the week before, I was uh, 450k. But I'd been coming back from 1.4 million in total. So I came back to 60K. I really wanted top 10K and it never really felt possible, I would say. So I was so far behind. And that's the thing I want to do differently next season is I want to start stronger. So I think, again, similar to Hibbo, like I only took eight hits. I might take more hits and I want to play like players like Jossie, FPO, if anyone knows him, and Chris Tan. They both, again, are team value players. So I try to learn a bit from them and they go aggressive. Some of these people have so much budget. Last season, budget wasn't as important. So... I guess the final thing I say is I'll counteract the fact that I said I love team value. <laughs> but um, my team value wasn't high enough, but there was so much budget quality players that I didn't really need it. So that's what I'm also now going to accept for next year going forward is my like final point is I'm going to also just sometimes get a player that's cheaper and not spend the maximum in a position. Because every time it went wrong for me last year, I was getting, getting people like Cancelo in a double game week instead of Stones. So again, you just fall way behind. Whatever pick I did, I did Zaha instead of Easy. I did Ward instead of Mitchell. Like all these moments, I think I could have cracked top 10K. And that one, it's like a 50 50, a coin flip. That's what I'll say about FPL. Oh, as a vegetable. Yeah, that would be interesting. The fruit, uh, we'll tell we'll tell us about the fruit later. Yeah. But see, see, see what you're saying about Easy instead of Zaha. If, if I. The week that I cashed out well in, in the fan team game, if I had a went for Eze instead of Zaha, I, I think I'd have come second. Damn, that's crazy. I, like I had like 81 and a half points in the, in the fan team game. I know it's different to FPL, but I was like nine points off top slot and like Eze like scored so much more than Zaha and I was like, oh Christ, <laughs> killed myself here. Just, just to let people know why I put that thing up about vegetables is because Jamie always tends to come with some very strange questions to us. So he's a good, he's a, he's a good guy, Jamie, isn't he? Like, yeah, yeah. He, he tends to come with some very strange questions which we have to answer on air <laughs> with no thought at all. Um, Nima, 
we've put the graphic up for fantasy football fix and the the transfer trends. So, uh, mate, <laughs> he's described you as a cucumber. It's too long. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I can accept that. That's a good compliment as well. At the same time. No, look, I'm, I'm just being. I think I'm still drunk. I don't think I've got a hangover. Actually, I think I'm, I'm actually You're still carrying drunk. on where you left off. So I don't know what game week I pulled the graphic for this, uh, Nima. But the tell us about this transfer trends because I I find this, and if I could just say what my perspective is here, this rubber stamps what I'm thinking. In many senses. You know, yeah, for no, example, it is everything that you need to think about that week. It's there's the long part of FPL. So I always think five to six weeks ahead. So whatever player I'm gonna buy, I get them with that idea that I want them for at least a long term viably if I can. So each week you've only got one choice to make in my eyes. You make that one transfer or you save. And I normally save as I was saying, because then I know that when I have two transfers, I can see these trends and I can move money between positions and I can move on waves before they happen. So like my season, when I came 1,100, like the way I did that was I just got on Aguero when no one had him. And like, I captained him both 20 point times and I just flew like, I, like that same game week, I'd gone from something like 40 K to 110 K. There was one game left. Aguero played and I went straight back up to like 30 K. And it was just like an instant up from like dropping hundred K places down. And that, that was the season I did my best. And I came top 10K and I kept trying to push the top 1K, but I couldn't do it. And it was because I think back then I wasn't writing this article. So it was my formative years for this article. Like I was really thinking about these transfers, but I couldn't verbalize it. And then I found Fantasy Football Fix. I started reading Hub. And those two sites alongside All About FPL with Surya, they, they just kind of shaped the way I thought. And now every article I write is to decide my own transfers. So this article, I'd say the best thing about it is... It's 10-minute segment each week. So it's not as long as this. That's the best advert I can give. <laughs> so today is the get to know me. So when people meet us in game week six, game week seven, we'll say go back to this episode if you really want to get to know the guys, see which manager you are most like. Because then over the year, if you keep watching the show, you'll be able to follow the moves of the manager you think you match the most with out of all four of us. So I, I like that. So let's kind of use the transfer trends for 10 minutes a week going forwards next year. And I'll talk about it then, but my favorite thing is seeing these lines. So the thick lines that are kind of the most transfers happening. And these percentages don't really do it justice. There's a lot more, but I only just wanted to show this as a sneak peek. I didn't want to give away any more today, mm -hmm. but I think there'll be more to come if you're back on the proper shows. But this is a nice little intro with everyone. And going forwards, I think, guys, just one thing I will say is breaking the template and transfer trends together. I hadn't really thought of it back then. It's going to become quite interesting comparing those two. Because we'll be able to see whether the, what the group are thinking in the masses, so where the millions of transfers are happening that week versus what people who are like in the very small minority already doing this level of research, trying to find a differential to push forward with in the rank. So I've seen people with like 0.4% owned EO players and captained them. And there's just crazy stuff you see. If that player gets like a double digit haul, you're laughing. Like that's that like you just need one of those moments like I had with Aguero in any season and you can get to like top 10K. So for me, that's the plan. But what I will say is 100K is very good. And actually, unlike, say, 10 years ago or more, back then there may have been a million players. So 100K was like the top 1%. 
now there's like 8 million players. There could be 10 million this year. So top 10K is great, but it's a lot harder now, I'd say, and there's a lot more luck involved. So there's way more information for everyone. We're obviously here telling everyone here what we know for free. There's so many enthusiasts. It's like a great community, I would say. So that's my final parting gift is I hope to see many of the people here at the kind of the live events in London on the 24th of July and August 13th. Either one, there's a free one and a paid one. I hope to see as many of you there as possible. You need to be there in your Lincoln Greens with your little Robin Hood hat on. <laughs> Make sure they know it's always you've got, you've free. Got to go. This is it. Have we got these 50 likes yet? No, but the hunt we're, is getting we're up to play. 30. <laughs> Pikachu. It's going to happen. When, when you have your segment, I'll go get changed. Yeah, that's a good point. We need, well, no, we need to get to 50. Yeah, maybe I'll even bump it to 100 for a bonus. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no, we're not. No, we can't even think about what that might be. Double or quits. Yeah. Oh, God. No, but <laughs> leave it. I mean, look, <laughs> this is bad. I mean, what you've done is, I mean, again, you, you've just gone into, are you drinking? I think you are, aren't you? I think so, yeah. you talking? As we said, the FPL stag do, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, look, I mean, I, I just, I think I just second what you say about the, 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 no, content, you wrap up my the point, content yeah. early in the week and i think the idea is and the the key here guys is we are not like other fpl youtube channels or pods we are very different we've got four very different managers very different characters hailing from very different parts of the world like you say um associate yourself with one of us follow us at your peril <laughs> But associate with one of us, uh, and I think you know we're in niche. We've got five. We're over five hundred subscribers now. Thank you so much, everybody. You know we had a bit of a push yesterday to try and get over that number, but we've got there. Um, we've only been going uh, eighteen game weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, so let's keep this going. And and yeah, I'm really excited for the. Um, for the uh, the compass show or whatever we want to call it next year we don't have to call it that we'll let you guys decide it you know um but yeah i'm very excited for that so anyway we're going to have a glass of water again and then uh, of me personally i am i think hibbo's got his guinness i just saw that pop up in the screen um and uh, then we'll go to to gabe so just bear with us a second Gabe, over to you. So the first thing I want to say about Gabe is, if you can see there, just at about the middle of the screen, Gabe's quite well known for wearing hats. <laughs> and if you look at the bottom corner, he's quite well known for being on the beach, along with his dogs. Although yes. now, no longer beach, now just desert. Desert. It's, yeah, no, the beach is pretty far away these days, but it feels <laughs> like a beach sometimes. If you look at just into the horizon, you can imagine that the ocean is there. And that's what being on the beach is all about. It's a state of mind. So, Gabe, I, I met you in uh, Ajit's group, the Road to Global Glory. And so shout out to them as well. Very, very friendly Telegram group. Um, Ajit is probably one of the nicest people on Twitter. I think he's been voted the nicest person on Twitter. So. I think yeah. Ajit was. Yeah. And, and uh, I spoke to Ajit yesterday, and Ajit is going to join us for a show this year. Maybe. So, um, so yeah, so uh, that's where we met, Gabe. Mm -hmm. So, please tell us a little bit about your your history. Um, checkered, I thought when I looked at it. 
checkered um i don't know i don't know if it's checkered so well may maybe because i lived it it doesn't seem checkered to me it seems like a like a regular pattern um, well actually it's very regular actually isn't it looking at it again it's very regular it's i mean i i so we have you know i i was introduced to the game in 2012 and i don't think i even finished that season might have played half the season and then stopped playing something like that um and yeah. I, I really I remember not understanding the game, like picking players that I liked, and I couldn't figure out why those players wouldn't wouldn't score points. Um, like Gareth Bale. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, look, hang on, hang on. Right. Let's just get, let's just put this in context. I'm going to give you three players: Gareth Bale, Harvey Barnes. Who else can we think of? Rob Holding. Well. <laughs> <laughs> look. I'm, I'm seriously, don't, you, you, you are a very, very important part of the show, so I'm not taking the piss out of you too much. <laughs> no, I mean, no. With <laughs> no, the you should. You, you should. No. And, but I, here's here's how I would I would uh, respond to that, is I would ask you, how how was your experience with Gareth Bale, Mariner? Oh, uh, shit. Like, yeah, well, there you go. To, so, to the extent that I've got a prop which looks like Gareth Bale. Where is he? Hang on. <laughs> He's going to get the troll now. Mariner, watch your, watch your language, please. Do you know what yeah, I based right. the 50 likes on? The five hundred subscribers. I thought that was like ten percent. Ah, ten percent. That's not bad. There's, there's Bale. There's Gareth Bale. Why? <laughs> he's on the. Well, he's on the golf course. Because he's yes, on, he's the... on the golf course, Gareth Bale. You should know that by now. I'm glad you can use it in the Euros before you need a new prop for the new FPL season in fifty days. Well, You've got time, well, Mariner. Just very quickly, what I want, and I know Gabe hate. I, I know this is this is right up Gabe's street. Can Alvaro Morata come back to the Premier League, please? Jesus. Because I need, I need a pantomime villain. Jesus I haven't crap. got one anymore. He's crap. I know he's crap. That's why I want him. At the moment, I'm I'm centering on Joe Linton. Uh, Morata's from the Higuain school of finishing. But I, I don't know. I haven't got a pantomime villain. But someone sent me something about... Was it you who sent me something about Morata yesterday with all these misses? Yeah, I was going to have a show if Morata comes into the Premier League. I was going to have Morata of the week. Well, we still have Timo Werner, so yeah, you'll, Actually, you'll have yeah, we'll Timo. Timo, he's Timo Morata. Gabe, come on, tell us all about you. So, so yeah, so, yeah. so I, I quit the season, uh, 2012 2013. Uh, then I, I played the next few years few seasons but I, I never really paid attention this was just picking the player again picking players that i like i've always watched games so um you see you know ranked in the 100k 200k 200k and then the season 2017 2018 it was like halfway through the season that was ranked i don't know like two or three million and then i i realized that there there was an overall ranking that's that's the season that i realized that this existed <laughs> i have no idea no clue. must be why <laughs> and and i went from like two this is like game week i don't know like 28 or 29 like two plus million and i went up to 219k uh by the end of the season and and then i was like oh wow so there are things that i can you know study and look at and there's actually a ranking and then that's when i i got my best ranking overall the the 14k there in 2018 2019 However, I don't consider really consider that a success. Well, I consider it a successful season, obviously in overall rank. But game week one, I was at uh, nine thousand uh, under under ten k, like nine thousand eight hundred. So 
the net was a was a negative. It was a negative net. Um, and and I and then I think you know the 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 COVID season. I don't know. I struggled with. Um, I don't even remember to be honest. By by that time, 174k. I think I struggled with like rotation and and games being canceled and stuff like that. And and then this past season, I got 190k. Um, I mean, for me, I, I think the, my biggest problem was the captaincy, and and that's something that I, I I guess I don't have a good handle on. So I I will rely on your metric much more this year. Is a, a, a big lesson there, man. It's under pressure. This metric's under pressure this year. It's going to have to deliver, isn't it? I, There's a lot of not, people's eyes on it. A lot of people's eyes on it. I, I've I not say, changed anything. I've not changed anything. So it, hopefully, it'll carry on doing its same thing. Well, from where I'm coming from, it's not under much pressure because I only I only got like 560 captaincy points or 529 oh, like um, captaincy yeah. points. So as long as it beats that, it, that that's not much pressure at all because that's so poor. But I, you know, I look at my seasons uh, last season and, and the one before, uh, right after the 14k, and they were both seasons were characterized by poor captaincies, and yeah. and so what that tells me is my process is good. Uh, my process can work, but I need I need help with captaincy, or I need to find just find a different way, explore a different lens with that. So, um, so that's what I'm going to do that this year, I think. But, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I think you, you you can't look at or I can't look. I don't look at my own rank and, and think good or bad or successful or not successful. I don't think of it in those binary terms. And and honestly when you get rid of the binary of the good and bad, then that's kind of like how I've adopted the, F that is the FPL beach. Well, if it's not either or, then it could be kind of anything else. So I mean, why fucking bother with it? It's just, nah. just you know, and enjoy I the mean, process. I mean, as, as a player, Gabe, I mean, I've just got, as I say, I've got the, I've got the, which word which fits you best aggressive passive patient impatient or prone to rage transfers i would say i'm aggressive and impatient um yeah i, I think that's I, i'm aggressive because i I'll, i watch i watch the games and like I, I may not get the player right away right after i see a game or anything like that i will think about it but i will um if if I'll, I'll watch the game and then I'll go to my articles um, and I'll talk about the articles in, in just a second. And yeah. in that, that'll be like kind of the genesis of, of my writing players that stand out and watching the game. And, but if I, if I like what I see and then they, it kind of like gets filled after all the lens, it's still there after the filtering. Then I just, I just, I'm just right in on, on, on the player. Uh, what the thing I hate the most, like when FPL, when I suffer in FPL, when, when I'm truly not happy, is when I go with a player that I dislike, like Bale, um, <laughs> and and that player blanks. I so I would much rather even I would much rather the the experience of I get the player that I like and the player blanks and the player I don't like halls. I don't mind that so much, but when I get a player I don't want to get and that player blanks, I, I feel terrible about myself. Why do you buy them if you don't like them? 
Good question. Because everybody does it, right? Everybody, sometimes you'll have a player you don't you really like. Yourself, so, yeah. so why do we do that? It's, it, it is to protect ourselves. So when, so this past season when I did that, I did that with Kane, right? But I did it with Kane after the, the, the first part of the season. So it was like middle of the season where Spurs were having a drop. They were entering into some, they were actually on a high through some some difficult fixtures. And then when their fixtures started to change, I want to say it was the mid game weeks, mid-20s or something like that, then they started to drop off. And I brought in Kane. And and I was so upset because then he just he just started blanking and his stats weren't that good and his stats at the beginning of the season were they was very much outperforming the stats, so that was the bad. But at the beginning of the season, the reason I bought him then was because at the beginning of the season I went without Kane and Son for the first like ten game weeks, and that destroyed me. And and the thing is, if you look at the stats, like Son, like there was a point I think like game week nine. Where Kane had, he had like um, six more goals than expected, and eight more assists, and and so, like his the the expected the XGI delta was like a plus ten for both of them. It was absolutely outrageous, and 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 I would say this, this can't continue to happen. And then you know, Hasenhutl comes out and presses against them, and I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, so it's like yeah, this type of. Like then I but I got I got burned I got burned I because the, the points were coming in, but I did not like the players. And then so I was like, okay, I, got, I have to get rid of my own bias, right? So I started confronting my bias. So I bring the player in, and then they start blanking. And then I, that that's when I felt worse. I felt worse in that second moment than in the first moment. So I think you've just described your best and worst moments of the season, right? No, I didn't describe my best. Oh, what was your best? Oh no, I know your best. I yeah, know your best. That's obvious. The... It's actually it actually coincides with my worst. Yes, that's right. Yeah, we'll come on to that in a minute. So your best moment of the season, Gabe. Let me let me lead this in. You Please. you for you said your captaincy decisions were pretty poor. You got five hundred and fifty points, captaincy. Five I Something like that. I think it might have been 529 in the Right. End. You got 57 of them in one week. Exactly. 10%. <laughs> it was a great show. Good one. Uh, yeah. Well, it was a great show. And you, like, you deserve credit for your good decisions when you make them. I agree. I the trouble of Captain and Gundogan and the week that you did it was. Man City had a double game week and it wasn't exactly the easiest double game week on paper and Gundogan wasn't exactly the easiest person to give the armband to but he was in great form it was a great shoot credit where it's due yeah absolutely yeah, thank you. thanks he, he was so my, my thought process there and then this is like in when considering I think um, captaincies like kind of the way I think is I knew KDB was going to be coming back soon and I'll, when, when we get to the article piece that the, like the image I selected for, for the matchups was the it, I, I think it's the the movement like what happens when I don't know it's the Pogba one but when KDB's on in the side he plays in front of Gundogan so this is kind of like the last hurrah for Gundogan for a player just in incredible form um, not and then yeah this is a Bruno Bruno Pogba which I'll explain in a little bit um, but yeah just thinking like I, I I thought the the Gundogan run was ending it was a good run he's in incredible form and KDB wasn't back just yet so I so I went for it and and yeah I think. Um, one of the matchups was West Ham, um, and, and so it wasn't the, the easiest matchup. Uh, so yeah, 
I remember it well. I remember it well. I remember being absolutely mortified. And then, uh, well, I'm not going to steal my thunder. I'm going to come on to this Sterling moment in a few minutes. Yeah. I, I, I'm still, I've still not forgiven him. <laughs> <laughs> Even to this day, I've not forgiven him for it. Um, Gabe, um, lessons learned. I think you, you said trying to get over the bias. I think we is that is that one of them. Yeah, I, th I think just. Um... Oftentimes, I've, I find for me, it's when my judgment is clouded. It's usually clouded by some kind of bias. Uh, an example this past season, and I, and I do think, um, I think it was the uh, FPL bangers, right? Um, that, that kind of challenged me on Harvey Barnes. I had never rated Harvey Barnes, and, and he started the season, I think, and he, he missed his first 12 shots or something like that. He had like 12 shots the first two game weeks and zero on target or something. And I never got over that, but Harvey Barnes did get over that, uh, and and I think and I think that was like that that was a game week where I wrote two matchups articles just because I thought it was so important to confront that bias. And, and honestly, it was like that was around the time when my season started to change and I started to to improve because I was I was ranked at two point uh, like two point two million in game week twelve or something like that when when i when i hit my first wild card so so yes confronting bias on, on a weekly basis i think is important yeah. well, that's an interesting interesting perspective and again it's like for me you know i i don't i i don't really have any inherent biases in like for example someone mentioned in the chat why you know why why don't necessarily like gareth bale but it's the it's the real madrid side of things is it it's i mean it's that and i just i don't um I, so here, here's the real reason I, I, I shy away from Gareth Bale. I don't see him as a system player. I think he, he's an incredibly talented footballer. That, um, but when he's on, when he's playing, he plays his own game, and and when that works out, it, it works out because of, of a moment of brilliance or or a well taken kind of a little bit random opportunity, a ball that, say, Son is sending to Kane and then it bounces to Bale or something like that. He doesn't create anything within the system of a team, in, in my experience, since he left um, since he left Spurs for to uh, Real Madrid. So that's not something, as far as like a player goes, you can't really count on that. Real Madrid. <laughs> Vamos. <laughs> Vamos. Vamos. So um that and that that's why I don't like Bale. I, I feel like Bale is is not a player you can trust. He's just not, not a player you can trust. And I think that proved to be true. If you held him like like Hibble was saying, that there there was a way to succeed with Bale, but that way is fraught with variance. And it, I I don't think it makes uh for me for a good FPL experience. Well, I think like if you're talking about like trying to like the formative point of creating your side for game week one, and like you're seeing a lot of advice on Twitter at the minute, and I think a key point is picking players that are basically more or less 90 minute nailed and mm -hmm. guys like Bale aren't really going to figure in that, like you know, so you're going to have enough issues that are going to crop up in game week two and game week three that you don't really need to be buying Andy boys that are maybe going to mess out in game week two, like you know, so. yeah. Super. Right, Gabe, very quickly on the so describe this this is this is your bag, right? So you'll be joining me on Thursday nights off where probably Thursday or probably I would say what 36 to 48 hours before deadline we normally go. Yeah. 
we normally go out with this. Uh, obviously, I'll come on to what I do um, in a bit. But uh, you're very much associated with the other matchup king, right? You are the lens. You put your lens on players, on matchups, you know, attack against defense, perhaps quite often. Mm. You know, who's somebody going to play against? Who's who's somebody going to come get or come up against? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Not, individual matchups, moments, perhaps. <laughs> right, unbelievable. So, individual matchups on the field, and also uh, matchups from a, a more systemic, tactical point of view as well. Uh, but to, just to mention, so this this upcoming season, there is a little bit of a change in in my content that that I want to make everyone aware of because it can get a little bit complicated. Um, so, my the FPL matchups which uh, Surya posts on allaboutfpl.com. They will continue to be on allaboutfpl.com with the exception of my preseason matchups, which um, those will be on um, Fantasy Football Hub. The reason for that is uh, I'm putting, the reason I'm putting those on Fantasy Football Hub is because they've given me a link, and if you guys register using that link, I might make a little bit of money. Um, and that's really it. Hashtag ad. So... Um, that that's what <laughs> and 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 the reason it's specifically on on hub is because i mean i've been introduced to kind of like the 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 people the, just the, the creators on hub the content creators the people that run hub and, and i have to say i just uh they're, they're just such a it's such a wealth of knowledge and they're so professional uh that it, it's they really are a pleasure to work with so I'm happy. I'm happy to put that 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 preseason article on Hub and direct people to uh, to a tool that I use quite a lot. Now these the the mat the in season matchups articles will all go on allaboutfpl.com. And obviously I use Fantasy Football Scout um, heat maps for for these articles, and and that that will continue to happen. So just to explain where where the uh, matchups articles come from a little bit here, um, it, it basically comes from like I mentioned earlier. I'm, I'm watching the game and there are certain um, either like tactical situations that stand out and players, specific players involved in those tactical situations. Um, this, this is one I did when, when everybody was wondering why, why Bruno or was questioning whether Bruno Fernandez was uh, uh, equally effective with Pogba on the field. Um, and I went into the, their, what happens to Bruno's positioning. Um, so on the left, it's, um, it's the game weeks without, Pop, without Pogba. And you see how Bruno kind of he he moves all all across the field, like from the, at the top of the box there. And if you look at it, I, I have some other more detailed slides. But what what happens is from the right side of the field, or you know the the left side as, as we're looking at it, they're attacking down, right? So from Bruno's right side, he tends to create more from that side because he's right footed, so he tends to cross the ball in, into the box more. Um, and then from you see the orange on the on the more on the left side of the of Bruno's attack. From there, he likes to cut inside and he shoots more. So from there, he, he'll have higher xG, and from the other side, he'll have a higher xA. When you're so, this is when like um, eye test translates to heat map, which translates to stats, and and that's where the, you'll see the xA from the right side of the field and the xG from the left side of the field. Um, someday, hopefully, we'll get a sponsorship that uh, that gives us xG and XA from, from specific areas of the field, then you'll really see matchups take off, I think. Um, and then uh, in the heat map on the right, we see on the right, we see what, what Paul Pogba does uh, when, when he gets in the field. 
And, and most of his heat map is on the right-hand side, a little bit deeper than Bruno. But Bruno can't venture into that side that he creates from where there's high XA, with the purple square there, because that blocks Paul Pogba's passing lanes. So now, now this is where like the the eye test goes to the to heat map, which goes to stats, and then it goes back to the tactics of, of the of the coach of the manager. So if Bruno moves into that area where he from where he creates, then he's blocking Pogba's passing lanes. We've seen in the Euro how good Pogba is when there's space in front of him where he can make passes from deep lying positions, and I think that's what uh, Solskjaer wants to, wants to have from Pogba. When, when he's in there. So since Bruno can't move to that side where he creates, his XA diminishes and he's less of a uh, of a creative threat on the field when Pogba plays. That's matchups in a nutshell. Lovely. I love it. I absolutely love this. This is this is right up my street, although completely opposite to what I to this is the last thing I look at actually. And this is where it's so interesting. You know, because you'll come to me in a second. If people don't know me, I am completely different to Gabe when we're picking teams and things like this, which is very interesting. So, Gabe, tell. Here's a nice little graphic which I put together for you. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, did you have, did you have a question or? No, I was basically going to say like we're we're diverse and that's yeah. You know, like. You're different to Marner, and I like bring something different to the table, and so does Neiman. I, th I think that's what's great about the show, really, when we get going. It's, we look at different things, and I think that kind of differentiates us a bit from different pods and different VOD shows and YouTube. Yeah, you know, and, and you were talking earlier about uh, the the tweet that I posted. I, I think it was yesterday or something like that. That you know, uh, you, everyone saw my 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 history, and I'm not this elite manager. And and so I, the thing I tweeted though is like to to play FPL, just know thyself, right? And and I feel like on on our sh on our show here, the four of us have each have very different identities, and we we each have a very solid grasp of what those identities are, and. And it's reflected in our work, which which I, I really appreciate because I you know I guess something it's all part of a part of the puzzle. Um, the reason I selected this this uh, graph here is because um, holding is there. See that? See, there's, it's a, holding's in the picture here. So yeah, I see. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that's why this this had to make it in there. Now these these articles I will be doing uh, for Hub, not on a weekly basis. Uh, I'm not sure what the regularity of the articles will be. But these will be the uh, FPL scouting reports. So if you if you search hashtag FPL scouting reports, it will be screen grabs from specific games, and I'll be scouting players. Um, and 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 I, I you know I get into the tactics and and uh, and shape and stuff as well. Um, but this is really there's a lot of like technical scouting here, um, and the way players are opening up or the way that the way they take a shot. Um, and and this is when uh, when Jota first. Um, Kind of started started being a factor here for for Liverpool and uh, a player I wrote here a player in Schulte's form attracts attention that 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 opens the field for for Firmino so if in in the image here we see the shape of the of the front line of Liverpool's front line and and it's nice that they're all staggered you see Firmino is actually the one checking for the ball he comes in deep and that by Firmino coming in deep they don't have to pay attention to it. To him anymore. So both um, central midfielders, both defensive midfielders, uh, Shaka and who is that? Uh, and Lenny, I believe. Um, maybe not. Um, they they both step to to Jota. Uh, then that that opens up uh, the, the space inside, the kind of behind the lines, and Firmino's in a ton of space there. Uh, the other thing that that I like here in, in this clip is how 
Salah is pinched inside too too many times this season. And it was one of the problems with Liverpool, in my opinion, is Salah was staying wide of, of that D. And when he stays wide of, of, of that D, Trent Alexander-Arnold has no room to run into, to, to, to run into there. So what was happening is when Trent Alexander-Arnold would, uh, would move forward, he and Salah would come quite close together. And that would make it very easy for the opposing defenders to, to defend because they wouldn't because they could stay compact and cover and mark both men. Um, so this is one of the examples where where it worked out. So you can find these scouting reports on the um, fantasy football hub, and they of course will always be free. There's no uh, paywall for them or anything. And then you can find the FPL matchups, which will be on a weekly most of the time um, basis on all about, all about FPL.com. And I will still write write the threads because I, I enjoy the gifts. I mean, look, I I genuinely think, Gabe, you are probably one of the hardest working people in FPL. <laughs> I, I, the amount of research that you do, I, I you know, guys, if you you know retweet the hell out of this, Gabe needs to win an award for the most innovative uh, content creator. For me. I, I don't know what we'd do. With, I, 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 you know, I don't want to blow smoke out your ass here, but I don't know what we'd do without you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that, that's too kind. Like, you, you, you do everything without me. This without no, without our collective effort. What I would say about Liverpool this year, and I think it's kind of a discussion that we're maybe going to have in coming weeks, it's that I think Liverpool are going to be a different beast when they have Virgil van Dijk back because like we look at Liverpool in the season going by and they were like dropping Fabinho on the centre half and like Henderson even, even at times on the centre half. Mm-hmm. They were missing Henderson in midfield. And I think so much of what was disjointed about Liverpool's attack came from their base. I don't know if you'll agree in terms of your analysis, but like I always kind of believe like whenever I look at football, like and a team having a strong spine, and like Liverpool kind of lost their way with that when they lost Van Dijk. And I think when they get him back, and now they're talking about Kanate coming in from 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 uh, see the Bundesliga. Yeah, I think you're maybe going to see something different with Liverpool, where you you're maybe not going to see these problems where like Salah's going to be weighed. I think you're going to see maybe the Liverpool of the previous season. I I agree, and, and I actually I expect one of my the first matchups articles or or matchups or scouting reports to be on Liverpool. Um, what. So Van Dyke, if, if you and I and I've written about Van Dyke in the past, Van Dyke will and one of the reasons uh, the wing bats weren't getting the ball high, wide, and in space is because Van Dyke is usually the one playing them those, those balls. He he steps forward and he serves as the pivot. They brought Tiago Alcantara in, and that's not Tiago Alcantara's game. And they like the club never instructed him, so there was no no player stepping in for Van Dyke to pivot from a deep line position. So what was happening is that the ball would get stuck in the corners and there'd be no outlet to bring it and wrap it around the other side. So I, I agree that Van Dyke is obviously not is going to change the defense, but he will absolutely change the Liverpool's attack. And, and, and I, um, and I think just my personal opinion, I think Konate from uh, RB Leipzig is, uh, is a better cent- central defender than uh, Upamecano who went for big money to a uh, Bayern. But like we we are talking about, say Van Dijk. Like what I would think about Van Dijk is that he's also got a range of passing. I think Van Dijk, where like see what you're talking about when he steps on the pivot, he's got a long ball where like it's like then you get the runners. You know they try and close the space, but the runners go beyond. And Van Dijk yeah. can pack a ball, pack a ball over the top, which is 
there's not many centre backs can do it. Like, and that's I suppose that's why he was kind of ball and door material. Like, you know, really, like you know. Yeah. No, I think there's a great call about the uh, Van Dyke coming back. Mm-hmm. I really do. Uh, I think it's an an excellent call. Right. Just before we move on to uh, me, Gabe. Um, we're at 36 likes. I've managed to tweet out that people need to... We're still on live. We're still live. Asia are just coming. Asia are waking up. The sun's going up. It's daylight in Singapore um, now. Asia's waking up. They may all have hats. A lot of them might have hangovers like me, so they might not be awake yet. But they've got to hit that like button because we are very close to getting Nima in his Pikachu outfit. Which is before it gets a... late as well, because it's like nearly 12, 24 at night. It's a onesie, right? It's yeah, onesie. and I'm worried that in London, someone's going to murder me for wearing a Pikachu well, there is that. street at this there time is that. of the night. That's very possible. So if you don't come back, we'll just call the police. If you just put your... Indeed. If you see me back. murdered on air, please yeah. call the ambulance. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. But I actually thought it was Tinky... Oh, what is it? I thought it was Tinky Winky. No, it's not Tinky yeah, Winky. Yeah, you did. Lala, he thought it was a Teletubby. It's Lala off the I couldn't believe it. It's the yellow one, yeah. <laughs> you might get murdered for a teletubby. I don't know, but well, I think everyone likes Yeah, definite, definite chance. Right, um, look, Jolene's just shouted "la la" out in the background. She's, you know, <laughs> she's watch. Have you hit like yet? Good. Right. <laughs> I, I noticed that that no, nobody commented that that I went too long. Thankfully. No, That's no, we, we, we love hearing from you, right? You know? <laughs> exactly. Whereas the rest you. of us, Tom, we're, we're Tom, a liability. Do you mention what's the story about Rob Holding? Um, and I think I'm just going to say this. Stop ball watching! <laughs> <laughs> Rob, Rob Holding got scolded on uh, on one of our yeah. shows for, 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 ball, for ball watching. And, and Surrey got, got shamed into going for Veltman over holding since yeah, and then holding all of a sudden started to return, right? Yeah, I know. Once again, net that hole. Don't fuck. Don't do hey. not follow what we do. In the two follow weeks, it, you, the two weeks following those comments, they actually scored the same. So, <laughs> right, it's over to me. So over I'm to you. Gonna, I've, I've managed to get a coffee sneaked in around the side. Just I who's who's going to ask your questions? Uh, you can ask him, Hibbo. Come on. Yeah, go, guys, I will use this opportunity to get the outfit from the car. And if somehow we're on 50 likes by the time I get back, I will commit to the original. We're on 41 right now. So You're it's a star. Right. I'm yeah. going to play this. I'm going to play this thing. Uh, and then, Hibbo, your Luke's on me. Right. This is me. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's, what about me let me tell you about me like i'm 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 from the north of england uh i've lived out in the uk now for about seven years something like that um currently in singapore my team is grimsby town now grimsby town unfortunately just got relegated out of the football league um so we're now back in non-league i've seen them get promoted out of non-league already once i'm afraid um that's the reason for the kit look Look at the kit. So I say, Hibbo, you've got to take your time with the kit. Oh, definitely. Well, I like the kit. I think a kit's nice, definitely. Yeah. Can I just say really quickly in my my defense for not having – I actually do have a kit in my FPL team, and it's Los Blancos. Oh, right. 
Norway. Oh, right. Okay. Norway. I thought you were going to do uh, F, uh, St. Pauli. Or <laughs> it was not it. It was not uh, it. I thought you were going to do St. Pauli. Yours is like yours is like transparent, Gabe. I, I can I can tell the difference. I can tell the difference. I like I swear to God, this is like one of my like it's one of my things. I'm on the NFL's kids. Uh, I'll get that sorted. I'll get that sorted. <laughs> um, yeah, the team name for this year is the Brothers Grimsby again after the film, uh, which was not filmed in Grimsby. Let's just get that clear, just to let you know if you've seen the film. Um, what am I known for? Well. I'm known for the captain metric uh, and the cat pick. And you'll see the bottom corner, you'll see the cat there. And here he is, look. He's made an appearance. Here he comes. There's Oliver the cat. So that's the star of the cat pick. Now bugger off. Right, so he's gone. Um, <laughs> and as for me, well, I've only been playing four years. I started with a 475,000 rank uh, in 1718. Uh, and I recall raging players out in those days. I would very, you know, I'm, I'm a, I work in shipping. I'm actually in oil trading. So I tend, and I work in claims. So I tend to get, sometimes, I tend to fight a lot, not so much fight, but should we say opinion? I'm very opinionated when it comes to situations at work. And I tend to be like that with FPL. And as a result, it clouded the way that I played FPL at the start. So you need to be, you need to be more patient. I needed to be more patient and play the long game. But the last three seasons, I had 51,000, 92,000. It was a similar with you, with, with Nima, the other year, uh, this last year. That 92,000 year, I was at two point something million by about game week 20. So that was a, the 51,000 rank was a, a gradual climb, and then a hold, and then a drop. And this year was a consistent climb up to as high as 3,000 in the world, and then the wheels totally came off. Um, so that's me So uh, to finish in 38,000. So, Hibbo, you can ask my questions now. So uh, over to you. Oh, hold on. Can I ask a quick question oh, before we, we get to the official questions? Yeah, go on. It's a bit dramatic, isn't it? What? The wheels completely came off. You're at 38K, hey, best I'm ever. <laughs> This is this is what I want to know. I mean, you know, we're talking about EOs and things like that and templates and not template. I dropped from 10,000 to 30,000 with an 85% template side. How could that happen? I don't think you can read too much under that whole template written that you see in live FPL. Like you know what I mean, though, don't you? You know what I, I mean? I do know what you mean. I think you can look at that template written you say, how did I drop? Like, you know, but if you have bad weeks, you have bad weeks. Like, it's... Yeah. Well, well, I had about six of them. Um, I dropped from around 3,000 in about game week 30 to about 50,000, and then I slowly climbed back up um, just to, to finish the season. But, yeah... Um, <laughs> Come on, then. Like, there's something. There's a similarity between your your laugh and uh, and Gareth Bale's laugh back there. He's, you guys are both oh. laughing. Uh, oh God! Right. Come on, Hibbo. Fire away. Right. right. So, Martyr, what what type of player would you consider yourself? So, are you, are you aggressive? Are you passive? Are you patient? Are you impatient? Like, what's what's your what's your style? I, I would I would go as far as saying I'm Jekyll and Hyde. I'm, more, I'm a bit of. I'm actually bipolar. I'm FPL bipolar. 
Um, I can do both. I, I can. I've, I've cut the rage transfers out. That's gone. Do I consider myself aggressive? I can be. Um, I would like to say that under normal FPL season circumstances, I am more patient than impatient. And that's something I've driven into my uh, gameplay over the last few years, making transfers much closer to the deadline rather than doing the uh, you know, transfer before the inevitable midweek UCL injury, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or a cup injury. So I'm more likely to hold my transfers till late. Um, but equally, I can be quite aggressive jumping onto players. So it's a, it, I'm a funny talk. It's, it's a very difficult question for me, actually. I think I would probably come up with flexible. So, you know, oh, I hit, when, it, hit when it's warranted and play the long game if you can. How about that? Flexible's good. Now, what I would say is I think a dynamic's going to change about this year because with COVID initially, we were holding transfers until late because players were maybe going to have to self-isolate and all this kind of crap. Like, yeah. you know, what I, I think that's going to be less of a factor going on the next year. So in terms of like... Um, Minus fours or saving transfers? Like, how, how would you pitch yourself there? Well, this is the Jekyll and Hyde. This is this is the reason why I've considered myself Jekyll and, uh, uh, you know, Jekyll and Hyde player. Game week one to 19, I took three hits last year. Game week 19 to 38, I took 14 hits. <laughs> it's quite a lot, though. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I still went up in rank. From oh no, not didn't go up in rank. No, I, I I recovered rank by hits in the end. But you know, it the problem with me is that I slept on Man City rotation too long. All of a sudden, the Man City I had three Man City assets. Oh, the Man City assets sat there. Gundawan, I think I had Stones and Cancelo, and I slept on it. It, it was coming this rotation, and I let it come. And I should have moved off them sooner. I was late on to Manchester City defence and late off them. You know, so then you're then you're backed into a corner. And then once you once you start having a bad week, then you try to correct it, and then it went worse. Right. So I wouldn't normally take that many hits, but let's face it, this was a season like no other. I would say. I think I agree with you here, though. Well, in your defence, I would say in the the later part of the season, like. We spoke about it earlier. We were zigzagging between blank game weeks and double game weeks. That's yeah. kind of thing. I kind of think to a certain extent that was conducive to hats, you know, because yeah. Yeah. there was there was a lot of bank doubles that you could have played a big hat on, you know. So yeah, like no other. There was no other. I mean, we I played all my chips by game week twenty six as well. Right. I was playing what was in front of me, and then more things got landed in front of me later on, like you know, putting players in front of fans. I mean, who wants to put people in front of fans for goodness sake? Didn't help me at all. Yeah. <laughs> I was delighted that fans were back in the stadiums, but you know, that just finished us off really with the right. that you know, that blank and double game week towards the end of the season. That just finished me off, really. So, like, if you were talking in terms of, like, your wild card, like, do you play your wild card early? Do you try and bolt team value through transfers? Like, what what, what kind of style of manager are you there? I, I had a team value of 107 million last year. 
So I and and I built that quite quick. I I tend to wildcard between game week three and eight. Somewhere it really dependent. I'm, I try to hold it to one of the first, the first or the second international break is ten is my general planning. But look, if you need to go early, if your team is wrong, then wildcard early, and and that would be the way I would play because I do think. The team value is very, very important at the back end of the season. I managed. People were asking me on Twitter, "How come you've got this team, Chris? How I can't get to your team?" And that's all about the team value. So try and build the the team value early would be my answer there. I tend, I do, I do tend to agree. I'm, I'm a team value man myself. So if you're looking in terms of scouting, like are you well? I know statistically based. Do you look at? Do you look at yeah. tables? Do you, are you like watching games? Like how how do you evaluate a player, or how do you evaluate a player for your team? And numbers, numbers. Seventy five percent numbers, twenty five percent eye test. I would say now, Gabe's turned me a little bit. I was probably eighty. <laughs> I was probably eighty twenty or even ninety ten. And the reason for that is I sit in Singapore. All the games are in the middle of the night. Every midweek game, I can't. I don't see a single game. The 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 highlights packages here are, are a one hour package, and it's like thirty seconds of each game, and then about ten minutes talking. So I end up looking at YouTube, the YouTube channels for the for the Premier League teams, and watching three minute highlights of them. That's all I can do quite often. So I go numbers first, I test second, which is completely opposite to game. That's good. I'm just going to give a bit of shout out because we're here. We've got, I think this fella can be officially classified as the champ champ. We're going to, you know, you can have the champ, but you can have the fucking champ champ. And we've got Tom. <laughs> no, but seriously, we've got Tom Stevenson in the chat. He's got Hall of Fame number one on the scout. I think he's number one on Premier Fantasy Tools as well. So yeah. shout out to Tom, like, you know, because he's a top lad and he's a fan of the pod. Um, can I just comment on Mariner? Mariner and I often start at opposite ends, right? Where I start with the eye test and he starts with the, with the stats. It's interesting that where there's overlap, where we kind of intersect and meet, um, and and I think that's um, that that's kind of like a strength that has come out of this collaboration of the of this uh, of, the, of the show and stuff. Where you know where we all intersect, that's where we're strongest. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I mean, you know. I've got to be honest with you. I rely on Gabe's information so much. Like some of the templates, some of the stuff out in in Twitter is is first class. There's some brilliant threads out there, but you know I need to rely on the matchups more than ever now because I don't watch enough games. And and it's not that I don't want to watch the games. I want to watch as many as much football as I can. You just ask the wife, but I can't get. I can't physically stay up at night to do it. You know, so I have Martin, to do the numbers game. Sorry, Martin. Next question: When's your wife due? <laughs> Je- uh, December, day of December. Yes. Right. So see, you, see, around about January, your season's going to hit the fucking pan. I, I'm moving house in September as well. Right. So it's going to hit the pan then too. <laughs> well, I'll just, I'll just do the numbers. Sat on the train going to work. <laughs> well, the, the, the thing with the numbers, the numbers do themselves. All your machines start right. working. Yeah. Don't worry about that. It'll be fine. Right, right. So they dump back on the question. So, what, what, what do you think your best moment was of last season? 
I actually think it happened the very last game week of the season, and that was my Mane captaincy. I was fully vindicated by that, and it won me. And it it got me. Uh, it won me one mini league, and it and it it got me third place by one point in the works mini league, which is my my record is to maintain that top three finish, which I've had for the last three years now at work, and the sixty odd players. So it's quite competitive. So yeah, Mane. No, it was, a, it was a great pack, in fairness. Now, so what would you classify as your worst moment? <laughs> I've got two. Um, oh. Moving away from James Justin too early. Right. Uh, At the wild card, I wild carded him out. Right. Uh, because I, because I, I can't remember why. Was it this long-running saga of Pereira's I, coming Pereira, back? I... Pereira's coming back. Pereira's coming back. Mm. Pereira's coming back. Um also, the uh, I'm going to say I'm going to sound like you, Gabe uh, uh, Hibbo, but I can't remember his name. Um, I, I know I've remembered it now. The wee laddie from Crystal Palace, the four million wee laddie Ferguson. Oh, I, Nathan I, Ferguson. He never played all season. No. But anyway, that was the biggest. He was the biggest dud of all time. Really, it, like it was. Know. He was the biggest dud of all times. The worst pick ever, probably. And then, obviously, the other one is the, the Sterling triple captain over Gundogan. That killed me. And then Sterling took less than a minute to score the following game week. Always away. Less than a minute. I think it was a minute or a minute or a minute and a half or something ridiculous. So yeah, that was that was it. So can I ask you just just real quick? Was it um was there a little bit of pricing bias then in, in going with Sterling over Gundogan, or, or did you have other thoughts about it? I maybe no. I, I had Gundogan, and I'd already been successful with Gundogan. I, I just felt that you know Sterling was gonna come good at some stage, and I was that it was a little bit of a punt, but he'd. He'd create, I think from memory, he'd create, he wasn't looking too bad, just wasn't necessarily finishing anything off. The matchup um, was decent for him. Yeah. We talked about the matchup on the field and it, yeah. and it was decent for him. Yeah. But I wonder, and I, and I know other people went with him as well, Nick Khan, and, and, um, and I wonder if, if there was some pricing bias or if people, um, you know how how much people are affected by that pricing bias. I, I when I, when I tripled captain Gundogan that week, I, you know, I, I did get some some questions of like, well, he's not a premium asset. Um, I'm, I'm not known for pricing bias because you'll see that in the metric in a minute. I started mm. with the metric from the point of view of only premium players. And then we very quickly realized we had to start including some of these lower priced players because they were just performing so well. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not prone to that, really. Mm. But I think it was probably the matchup game. My plan, my plan now, well, it's a bit of a rough plan, but is to do a bit of analysis around that yeah. kind of general topic you're talking about in the next couple yeah. of weeks. It might be my first article um, of the season, really. But That'd be nice. See. It'd be good to read. It'd be good to read. Uh, wouldn't see. So, if you could, if you could give us a lesson learned, like what what lesson did you learn? Uh, any at all? Or yeah, there is. There's one big one. And that is, if a player gets one return and looks good, I'm interested. A player returns the following week, next time, let's go. Not the third week, he's going to blank. Right? 
Because what I'm thinking now, you see, I automatically think, oh, he's overperforming now because I look at the numbers. Oh, he's overperforming his XG. It's not, you know, it's not sustainable, blah, blah, blah. Well, of course it's not sustainable, but it might be for another couple of weeks. And Lingard, Willock, two great examples. Players who I was talking up, uh, certainly Lingard I wasn't talking up, but Willock I was talking up for ages, never brought him in. Always thought that he was going to fall off. He didn't, did he? Um, and I think that's it. Is that the fact that I am too much sometimes of a, as I say, I'm flexible, but sometimes do I miss an opportunity just relying on the numbers? Possibly, you know? So I just have to be a bit more, a bit more should we say, a bit more flexible in, in my gameplay. Well, like, look on, look on, let's say, FPL Twitter. Now, there was large debates in FPL Twitter about players being sustainable and unsustainable. And lots of that last season revolved around Lingard. And, like, to me, now, I must have voted Lingard, like, a, a, the same probably as yourself. But, like, it's like any players, like, when they're in a heater, like, I think you just have to kind of get them on and. I, I, I like I must add there, like you know, even even if even if you weren't watching the games, even if you weren't really looking at the stats, if you had a look and says, "Oh, Lingard scored two goals the last couple of weeks," you would have been you would have been good to buy a man, and that's where like casual players like they're not thinking as deeply about XG and yeah sustainability, and I kind of think at times as FPL managers we go too deep, yeah, and I think I think. I think you can watch a game. He smashes one in the top corner from like 25 yards. XG first, like no point, not fucking five or something like that. There, and like people <laughs> going, no, but yeah, people will uh, say, well, he's, he's not performing as the XG. And you go, but he scored an absolute worldie. Like, you know, it's, that's a man on form. Yeah, look look to uh, X, XG on target then. Just I, grab, no. go grab another XG. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to do something. But I mean, look, it's, it's a fair point. I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's a good point that you've got to. You've, if you see this, you know you don't love to look a gift horse in the mouth, right? Yeah, you're looking at someone like Willock and someone like Lingard and Rafinha, and I'll tell you another player who was uh, who I didn't get. Oh, on boys, who, Cresswell, oh, boys. Cresswell, boys. it happened. Boys, we've got oh, right. We're we're gonna gonna do do this legs, do, are we going to do this before I do my captaincy uh, thing? No, do, do your captaincy thing. Right, all right. Let's keep going then. So, uh, right, are you ready? So now let's go then. Um, and then we're going to bring Nima in at the end, I think. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, well, here we go. That's a new graphic, everybody, isn't it? Nice. So, mm-hmm. All right, let's, first things first, let's very, very quickly talk about this captaincy metric. Um, I'm coming on at one hour, 45 minutes in. We were meant to be going for an hour. We were never going to do an hour. No, we all talked too much. But anyway, kudos to us for hanging on. And if anyone's still with us, great. But the good thing is you can come in and watch all these four sections. We'll timestamp them, and you can watch one a day for four days. There you go. Half an hour at a time, right? Um, So anyway, right, this captain symmetric. We've already been talking about it. Um, Cut a long story short, Last the season before last, I had a really bad season with captaincy. And I needed to think about what to do. So I thought, right, okay, let's try and devise something. I listened to a podcast by uh, the the FPL winner from the season before last. Actually, he was second, but he got pushed, pumped, pumped, punted up to first after some 
discretion indiscretions by the player who I think who was finished top on the points. Uh, Joshua Bull. I don't know if you've come across him. He's a mathematician at Oxford University. Yeah, he's, um, he's, in, the whole, he's in the hub chat. Is he? Yeah. Well, well, Joshua came up with the thing about um, you know that fixture difficulty is very important and things like that. And then, generally speaking, it's premium players who are the most likely to return. So I basically went out there then on the back of what he said and watching that app, watching that YouTube channel um, was to develop a, met a metric. And so how does it work? Well, I'll talk about fixture difficulty in a minute, but it does work very heavily on fixture difficulty. And this season, it will now take into account home and away. So basically what it will do is, for example, expected points will now change the basis the player is home or away. Um, very important. And also, you know, the challenge with the metric this year is the fixture difficulty. We haven't had much in front of fans recently. So how how is that going to play out? Um, you know, who who knows? Um, but yeah, so fixture difficulty. We look at expected points from the last six, and then we look at returns. So how many returns do they get? Do they get one return or two returns? How many times do they get one or more returns? How many times do they get two or more returns? So you're basically looking to net that hole, right? That That's basically it. And the final thing we factor in is rotation risk and also how many games they're playing that week. So let's say uh, the double, let's say double game week for Man City. Would we put it down? Would we multiply them by two? No, because they're not going to play both games. The players are not going to play both games. They might play one and a quarter. They might play one and a third game, something like that. The triple game week, I think, um, was it maximum? Who, did anyone play two game? Did it, anyone play a total of two game weeks? Not far off, was it? The triple. The triple, the, was, the triple was United's triple, right? United's triple game week. Mm -hmm. the, the I think we were pitching them at around 1.75. Yeah, I think we had about 1.75. If 1. I remember. 75. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's the idea. So, uh, and yeah, there's the record for the metric there, 79%. It ended up with 640 points. So it's got to go some to... It didn't catch Ajit Dillon. I think Ajit had over 700 points. <laughs> That's counting. That's it's, it's insane. But yeah, I mean, at one stage, it had only blanked once in about eight in about 16 weeks, uh, through from 18 to about 34. And then we had a, a, an amazing... I mean, look, we're going to say Gabriel Jesus, right? But... I can remember, Gabe, the conversation we had about Gabriel Jesus. We said, I said, I, I rang him, I, I spoke to Gabe. I said, how on earth is Jesus top of this metric? I said, I, what do I do? Do I delete him? <laughs> and, and Gabe went, no, 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 just leave him in and let's see how it goes. So we did. <laughs> look what happened. But no, uh, look at these. There's a Greenwood, game week 35, 19 points. You know, uh, Ineacho was a great pick as well. Uh, Lacazette, although that was a substitution coming in because other players didn't play. But I, I think it's important to look look at these well. in relation to to the popular picks in that week. Yes, right. So it's a Greenwood instead of Bruno, for example, in in an easy matchup, and and most people would would have gone for Bruno. We probably yeah. did, as to be fair. Um, yeah, and, and and I thought that that's what I always thought was impressive. It was it was Ianacho over another premium pick. Um, yeah. You know, you have Gundogan in there. You have Grealish in there. Um, so, I, yeah, there's a, there's a little sprinkle of of some very uh, 
variable options. I think you can see at the start of the season, it was a lot more settled in its ways. And then as we got during the season, we, we realised that we couldn't work with these, should we say, non without some of these non-premium players. So we had to bring them in. Um, well, yeah, I think that I think that mirrors what I think it was um, Hibbo that was saying earlier is that you know early early in the season you do you should go con somewhat conservative, a little more template, stay stay with the pack, and and it seems that that's what the metric did as well. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so very quickly moving on to fixture difficulty. So obviously this will all be released in due time, but this is at the moment uh, basis the matchups for the first five game weeks of the season you'll see that there's um basically um rankings from one to to 20 and that's the matchup so for example if you look on the right hand side of the screen you've got arsenal um away at brentford right so arsenal are positive um, they're green on both, which means they've got a positive matchup for attack and a positive matchup for defence. How do I get there? How do we do this? Well, the way it works is it basically compares XG, expected goals against expected goals conceded, attack against defence, shots in the box and headers against shots in the box and headers conceded, and big chances created, uh, big chances and big chances conceded. Um, so that's how it works. So it, it, it purely works on, on numbers. It churns it into a, a, a an algorithm. Um, it fits around Ben Krellin's one to seven numbers. And the reason for that is I originally wrote this to plug it into Ben Krellin's spreadsheet. Uh, so that's the reason why it's one to seven. In fact, now it's not to seven. I've had to change it because Sheffield United <laughs> broke the metric at one point. They were about eight. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't Chelsea break the metric in the other direction? Chelsea broke no? the metric the other way, yeah. Chelsea yeah, broke their, their defense. the other way, yeah. But, no, so that's the idea. So let's say um, we're looking at this, Arsenal against Brentford. So it was, I, can't, I haven't got the numbers there, but let's yeah. say can I, uh, Arsenal. Can I ask a question? Yeah, very quickly, yeah. How, how, do you factor, like, how do you factor on like promoted sites? That's difficult. What I've done is I've actually, for this... I've looked at their performance in the championship and then I looked at Norwich's and Watford's performance in the Premier League the last time they were in and fit them up or and, and fitted Brentford up or down on that on the basis of where they were. So right. um I think that was the only way I could so do like it. Some, so like some kind of divisor like compared championship compared yeah, to Premier League. The only way I could do it. You've got to you know, at the end of the day, if you've got no, 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 that's, no, that's, no that's fair, that's fair. I just wanted to know like yeah, but that's the idea. So the idea is green's good, red's bad. The higher the number, the better. The lower the the the, the worse the negative, the worst. And then what we'll do is we'll be showing you as we go on, we'll be showing you uh, the matchups on a week by week basis. So look, look, Crystal Palace away at Chelsea. It's not rocket science to say that's not a great matchup, right? Do you see what I mean? Um, and Liverpool, Liverpool at home against Norwich. Uh, sorry, away at Norwich, three point three. Right, Liverpool. Okay, um, at attack. So very positive for attack, but actually defensively, not that good. And remember, Liverpool did, although they improved a lot towards the end, they didn't have, they didn't keep a lot of clean sheets. So the metric doesn't necessarily like uh, Liverpool defenders at this moment. 
but it does like the fact that if you were looking at Trent Alexander-Arnold, for example, 3.3 plus 0.6 is 3.9 divided by 2 is 2. So you would look at him as a 2 there because he can get an attack or a defensive return. So that's the way it, that's the way it roughly works. So, so yeah. So the thing with this, right, and I have a real problem with fixture difficulties, and I'm very vocal about it. I hate red, white, and green. Three coloured fixture difficulties, just a waste of time. It's not fit for purpose. So basically, this is our fit for purpose fixture difficulty. Um, you know, and I think that's the way we want to play it going forwards. It'll ch it might it might mutate into something else. That's a horrible word. I shouldn't have used that, given the virus is flying around. But it, it could change, of course, slightly. But it's very dependent on the data and how we manipulate it. Um, so that's that. And then the last thing which we've got, which I'll be doing this year, is an algorithm um, which tries to predict the players who score the most or the most who's going to score the most points in a particular game week. So that's take the captaincy metric is a selected number of players that we pick. The algorithm is all the players who are um, who have not rotated more than thirty percent, apart from one wild card pick. Um, and again, we look at it from the point of view of the fixture difficulty, but we also look at goal involvement, uh, expected clean sheets, and expected points. So it's a little bit, it's a slightly different type of metric. So it looks at it in a slightly different way. So it's it's very good to play one off against the other. So I use the metric, for example, as identifying, uh, sorry, the, the algorithm as identifying an asset. I could use it for a free hit as well. Um, I could fit it over a period of time and try to build a wildcard team if I wanted to look at fixed difficulty over five or ten weeks. I could do that as well. But the general idea is that this is, you know, Willock, for example, popped up on the algorithm um, quite quickly, interestingly enough, as did Lingard. So I'm actually going to be looking at this Algo 11, not necessarily for which players I'm going to necessarily bring in, but who it's starting to throw towards the top of the list, because that's another way of us finding a way how we can perhaps identify these assets early. Well, I think if you I think if you combine the algo eleven maybe with ownership, and you're looking at well, who's just jumped on the page in terms of like you're saying what, and he's like coming in at like 0.5 percent or like one percent ownership. The same with the other players you've mentioned. It could be an angle like you know if you if like. If you're looking at kind of direction. Yeah, that's an interesting one. The only thing is, is how you merge all the data. Uh, you know, these aren't manual entries. So, for example, uh, if you'd need to have a delta of how high, uh, you know, how much a player's ownership had changed during that week. So if you could find where or over a period of time. So if you could find that, then that would be something which would be really interested to build in. But I don't know how I'd do it at the moment. No. So, so yeah, so yeah, so that's basically me, um, the numbers man. So, one, one thing these, there that I, that I really appreciate about these is it's you know we 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 make fun of the of the fact that yeah okay the, the the numbers kind of work for themselves, but it's it's in the the constant every week um, like diagnostic, right? You you kind of do a diagnostic every single week, and then you question certain things and just peel the curtain back a little bit from net net that hall. We have these conversations on WhatsApp on the back end of like, what do you guys think 
about that the, the, the metric is saying this or the algo is saying this. What do you guys think about that? And those conversations on the back end, I, I find really, really fascinating. So it's more that the, the questions that these numbers bring up more than the answers that the numbers give that, that is uh, really fascinating. Yeah, I think that's a fair way of looking at it. Basically, what I want to do is provoke thought. I, I, this, these metrics, the the captaincy metric and things like that, they cannot fact. They don't factor in what Pep's going to do. Right. They don't factor in. You know, nobody nobody should ask a, a content creator: Is someone going to start? We we don't know half the time. We've got a feeling, but we can't be certain. So we have to factor all these decisions in, and that's why we try our best. But ultimately, you know, there's a couple of times with the captain metric that we had to rely on someone who was second or third down the list because the others didn't play. Mm -hmm. You know, so we, we have to look at it that way. Um, but no, the idea is, is that it's a thought provoker. It gives people an idea of what they might want to do. And ultimately if it points people towards netting that hole, as we say, and getting a great finish and netting that captaincy and this, that, and the other, then all the better. But I think the captain metric's going to have a, be an interesting start to the season because we're, we are in a situation where we are getting fans back into grounds with no away fans till Christmas. Right? Now, how's that going to go? Is that going to mean, you know, are we going to see even bigger bias towards home performances you know or is it going to put players under more it could put equally put players under more pressure so no i think i think you'll see home field advantage without a doubt yeah i um, think you will but how big is it going to be bigger than what it was for example post lockdown um first there's, a lockdown. Guy, there's, there's a guy on twitter um sir top he goes by fpl optimized and he factors on i think 0.15 for home field advantage. He, he's producing these kind of models and stuff like that at the moment. This stuff's really, really good. If, if you don't check it out, check it out. And um, no, it obviously wasn't a factor last year, but I think it's going to be a factor this year, definitely. And if you're saying there's going to be no away fans on it, it's going to be even bigger. Like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so anyway, we need a big reveal now. So... Um, here we go. We, go. we achieved fifty likes, so we need we need Pikachu. Where's Pikachu? I'm gonna make my way with a voice entrance. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Hang on a minute. Let me see if I can just let me see if I Hello, can just Pikachu. wait there, wait there, wait there. Oh, hang on. I wonder if I can. Oh no, I can't do it. How can I do it? Now just try it. Go on. Fire away. Just just let's go. Just go. <laughs> Yeah, okay, it's a little spin. He's got his tail. <laughs> my, do my dog, my dog doesn't know what to think. Have a look. <laughs> your, your dog thinks you're going to a rave. <laughs> you like, have you seen this? You love your tail. Your head's badly fucking. I cut. What's going on? High five. Yeah. <laughs> Bella. Hang on, wait, wait a second. Just wait a second, boys. I've, I've got to do something here. Right, here we go. Right, right. Get the screenshot. Oh, Make sure you get to get that chest in there, Nima. Yeah. <laughs> I should have worn my chain. It's a shame. Like, I forgot everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm just, here we go. I mean, there we go. We've got Bella the dog. We've got Gabe. Look at 
<laughs> Ready? Hang on a minute. Wait, wait. No. There it is. <laughs> when you get the, you I'll be back with the change for the Q and A. One second. Well, Q and A. We've been going two hours and two minutes. I saw that there's some free questions you've put in. I don't know if you've well, answered them. Right, well, we will answer them. So let's I've, let's crack these oh, questions and then we'll, then we'll get out of here. Where, where have you gone? You can't, no, you, you can't stay on you the can't leave us. You can't leave us. You, you, <laughs> right, let's ask these questions. Who wants to be the question master? I've got the questions. Who wants to be the question master? I'll throw them out there. This is from Praz. Um, have you guys found it harder to do better at FPL since becoming content creators? It's a great question. Who's going to start that one? Uh, Pikachu, tell us all about that. this question here. Have you guys found it harder to do better at FPL since becoming a content creator? Well, looking at the state of that, God help us what this answer is going to be like. Yeah, no, I've, um, I've definitely <laughs> become better, I think. Um, I make more calculated decisions, which goes into my play style of being passive. So I like to kind of be very risk averse generally, but three, four times a season, I'll take a big risk. So to give you some perspective, I would probably now be more aware of a template and EO, and that's something I never really took into account. So since becoming a content creator, I think about it more and I don't just kind of pick a player because of it, but I will have a sword and shield strategy, which I, I guess many veteran managers will reference because at the end of the day, like that's kind of, you need to see what's happening and about maybe eight players in your team Seven players, if you're lucky, are the same as everyone else. So you only really have three, four positions to make up space. And a lot of times it's a cheap defender. So it's kind of like, you're going to have to get lucky, right? Like you've got to be the one owning Dallas at the beginning of a season or something like that. So now with the content, I'm more willing to kind of, on the community on Twitter as well, people challenge you. So when you write, I'd say, actually, if there's like a rogue pick in your team, people will rip it apart. Certain people like Hibbo will get away with having like a whole gate. And like talk about <laughs> um, threads and for fantasy football hope, I found it harder. I, I can't say I can't say it. it was the same for me as it was for Nima. I kind of felt like on the week, all my thoughts leading up to say like a Friday or a Thursday were all geared towards what I'm going to write, and they were they weren't geared towards my team. And that's like a that's a big change I want to make this week. My team's first. Doesn't matter what. And after that, I'm going to write down whatever I want to write. But I don't, I don't want to make my team secondary anymore, which is what happened from, say, game week 19 on. That's a great answer. And I think, should we say there's also this, I mean, look, if anybody follows me and pick, and, and match it and copies my team, then God help them. But there's a, it does happen. People do copy people's teams. And, you know, if, for example, you've said, you know, you've done a you've done a Lee or something like that, and you've said you're not gonna do one thing and then you change it, then there's an element there's does that stick in the back of your mind that 
you know, I'm, I was all set in the show to go one way and then I've gone another way. So I'm always very careful in a show to caveat it unless I make live transfers on air like I did with Nima once and screw it up. Minus eight. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think I'm Minus always eight on a drunk Tuesday night for Nima. Yeah. I'm always yeah, quite I'm, careful. I've been through and you think a Friday Pikachu was going to oh. be tough. One day in a future stream, guys, if you keep following and sailing on this road down that, that hall with us for the 38 game weeks, there will be 100 like and 1,000 like forfeits coming for many, many more episodes. Well, actually, we've got I've, I've got something else to talk about subscriptions next. So there's definitely going to be a forfeit when we come to subscriptions now. Never mind, never mind what we've already been thinking about. Um, but no, I mean, look, just what, finishing from my perspective, I... I tend to tr i'm still trying to play my own game i do agree with you hibo i think it is more challenging to play your own game mm. i think it is because you just in the back of your mind you've just got this thought of you know people a lot of people for rightly or wrongly rely on what we say i mean you know what we are i mean i i i use the term expert very very carefully in my job very carefully because quite frankly the moment we think we know everything in life, we're dead. You've got to keep learning. You've got to keep moving. You've got to keep evolving, whether it be in work, whether it be in life, or whether it be in FPL. Right? So let's not think that we're experts. We're not. We're giving, a we're giving our own perspective from our own lens and with our own views. Right? Land. If people like it, fabulous. But if people have got uh, opposing views, then great. I might take the what I mean, uh, Raj, for example, a great follower of what uh, you know of uh, of the of the channel. He's he said to me the other day. I think he said to Gabe. He said, "You've changed the way I play FPL." Now, fabulous. That's that's you know? that's powerful. That that that's what I you know. It's um. That's nice. That's but, nice. But, when you get things like that. But, but so, that 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 is more about process. It's not about who to pick, and that, that's no. why for me, I'm I'm with Nima on this. Uh, it has it hasn't um, been more difficult at, since creating content to, to play FPL, because I, I I try not to make predictions. I just I have a process and things I see, and we just we're saying what we see. The the predictions we make ourselves with our own teams, and sometimes they work out, and sometimes they don't. But yeah. what we're trying to show people is a different process. Yeah, and that's what whereas what I'm doing in a sense is I am putting my neck on the block a little bit more with the metric and yes and things like that. That's but more, anyway, that's more fine. That's true. At the end of the day, it's a numbers game, and there's plenty of caveats about it as well. Yes. Um, so yeah. So okay. So that's that question. Second question from Bungle the Gunner, your boy there, Nima. Um, what's what some players? Just that's why we faced that with the, the so upsetting that he would even consider either. <laughs> that, well, that's if, a fair comment. I mean, look, if I mean, look, we've, I'm sure we've got a lot of Arsenal fans on, but I don't think many of them wear Pikachu outfits. Well, that's true too. <laughs> would Son be a smart pick if Kane moves on? Oh, hippo. Um, I think it'd be a worse pick. He's going up. He's going up in price. Um. Kane was such a creative force in the team. So, like, if you look at how many other goals he scored last year, loads were like tandem goals, where like they were both kind of assisting each other in the goal. And I think they're going to like that. They're linked with Slavish from Fiorentina. He's a new player to the league. So, I think if Kane left and they send a new striker, Spurs would be an avoid for me. 
yeah. I, I would I would say that I mean Spurs don't even have a manager. We know so little exactly. about about Spurs. It, you know, it's, it's there are too many things up in the air for for a team like that to, to really know. I think Son Son could be a smart pick. It's possible. We don't know who they're going to buy. We don't know what manager is going to come in. I I just think we just don't know. No, it's too, too early. early. It's too, it's too early. early. You can see the reason why. I, I do completely get what you mean about if Kane isn't there, is Son going to get the service? And I think that's a that's thing. But then again, you know, the counter to that is, you know, is Son going to play down the middle? Is that going to be? Yeah, is we, that going to be better for him? Is that better? Yeah, we don't know. But oh. Dan, I think I think Son of Spurs when Kane was there, Son effectively played down the middle anyway because if Kane dropped deep, Son was always True. the runner from midfield. Like you know, so is he going to get that same kind of service? I I would yeah. doubt it. You know, they would have to basically reinvent themselves as a team. I think, and the jury would be. Okay, I think Good. what I would just add as well is his first two games of Man City and Wolves. And I'd be very happy to wait and see what Spurs do, whoever their new manager is, what happens with Kane and other signings. Um, you could then jump on him quite nicely in time for Watford, Crystal Palace. So I think he's even an option for an early wild card, maybe, if things go that way. But you don't need to start with him, I don't think. No. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. Uh, right, we've got a question from Gaff at FPL Shark. I typically break the season into three to four game weeks at a time. What strategies do you use? So, but I'll start. I tend to look at five to six week chunks. Because I there, think... was, there was a whole conversation about this in the chat, and there are some people that agree with you, uh, Mariner. So I, I, I'm curious to hear. The, uh, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't. I've not even looked in the chat. I've genuinely not looked in the chat. The way I look at it is that. You know, three to four weeks. You know, you've got to think. Let's say you let's say you're making a you're making a wild card side up. I might even look even longer because what I might do is I might have players who sit in are perhaps sitting on the bench, might be sitting on the bench early, but that might then come into a fixture. Let's say there's a fixture swing or something like that after a few weeks. You're thinking, right, okay, at this point, and they might then come into thoughts. Suchek was a good example. Mm-hmm. Suchek sat in my team for ages waiting for that fixture swing but that was a longer term move but that's the rough idea so I think if you're looking at five to six weeks from my perspective I think it's long enough it's short enough to be able to perhaps try to predict and long enough to give the players you've got time to produce is that is that sensible is that mm. it's, I think that makes sense if you're looking I don't know. I see it a little bit differently. I think looking back, it makes sense to look back maybe five or six weeks. But looking forward in, in, a, in a time period of five to six weeks, you're going to get a variety of different matchups in that time. Yeah. So it, I think you can and, – and, and form can change in that time as well. So I have a rough time looking that far ahead. Um, but I will look that far and further back, depending on what I'm looking for. Yeah. But as I, I, for me, it's usually like three, sometimes four. Four is a little bit of a stretch for how you know how how I can envision it moving forward. I mean, the other thing is my fixture difficulty normally covers the next five or six game weeks, so maybe I'm being drawn into my own data and looking at it from that perspective anyway. But what I do quite often with the fixture difficulty is I will take a game week out. 
So I will look at, you know, maybe in game week one, two, four, and five, this player's got a particularly good match, particularly good matchups. Whereas somebody else, obviously, this is where the rotation comes in, might have a very good matchup in three. So right. that's why I I look at it like that. Um, I mean, there was already some very, very interesting um, possible rotations. I think Brighton, Leeds, and Leicester, I think particularly are three which might look like there might be a possibility of doing something there um, when you're looking at the cheap defenders is what I spotted quite early on uh, when I was looking at the data. But, yeah, that's how I play it. Hibbo, what about you? I would tend to agree with the whole kind of three to four weeks, but what I'm going to I'm going to give it a caveat and say I kind of categorise my players on the high impact transfers and low impact transfers. So if I'm talking about say defenders that cost like four million, four point five million, whatever, I don't really want to be changing those guys out. I want to be setting those boys on my team to go right as you're saying there. They might rotate well with another player. They're long term. But in terms of maybe my strikers or my midfielders, I might be looking at, say, players coming on around seven and a half million and thinking, well, they've got six good game weeks or they've got three or four good game weeks and I'm potentially going to change them out. So I do agree, but like I do categorise them on the like, high-impact transfers, low-impact transfers, and like defender transfers. I try and avoid them if I'm being totally honest with you. Yeah, no, I think it's fair. Yeah. I think that's very especially sad. especially cheap defenders. It's like you pick them for a reason. Leave them on there. Don't get too clever. You know how often are you going to play them if they're like a fourth or fifth defender? Like you know, it's... I think my hangover is developing, Nima. So I'm now not sure whether I've actually asked you this question or not. Um, no, so I, I, I will say so. I completely agree with Hilda. So for me, even at the start of the season, I tried to get like normally my previous style of play has always been to have a three back line. So I don't really play with four or five defenders. I've done it more recently in previous seasons, but I think I'm going to revert to that. Normally I have that one premium, maybe one mid-price, and then three 4.5s. And that will be planned out sometimes a ludicrous number of weeks, like 10 weeks mm. plus, because I just really don't want to change them. Like goalkeepers is the same. I'm stubborn. Like I said, I didn't have Martinez last year at any point because I just, I do not want to use a transfer on that. And sometimes it will work. Some people will take a minus four on a goalkeeper transfer and, over the long term, it pays off. So I'd also say when you take hits, it's better if it's for a long term. So I think if you're bringing in a transfer that's to fix an issue and to have a long-term replacement, if there are also a captaincy option, it's worth those hits for me every time. So I would take hits to fix my team. It's not that I'm against taking hits. It's just some players will play way more aggressively and chase the high points. And I think as Hibo is saying, that means you could just look one to two or maybe even three weeks ahead if there's a double. Because that could just be like the space of maybe 10 days in real time. So if a player is informed in those 10 days and you bring them in even on a hit, that could be a 20, 30, 40 point return. So I think we've seen that as well with like the Euros, certain players like a Ronaldo or Benzema, they're just constantly getting the points, Forsberg's both getting his points. Certain picks, once you get onto them, you've got to stay there and ride out their form. And I, I regret that for not getting Lingard earlier last year and because with him, I was looking too far ahead. So it was the opposite. Yeah. Like, oh, he's, you know, in the next six weeks, well, my player should surely outscore him. But the problem was he just kept getting higher and higher in effective ownership and damaging me. So going forward next season, I'm still going to look at I think, six weeks on average is my number I would summarise with. But uh, yeah, that's I don't want to do any transfers like that as well. Only attacking players read it. I mean, look, this is very, like say so these, these are very broad questions. And I think this is where we want to be at this time of the season, right? 
We yeah, don't want to pick A or B. Not, we, we don't want to be answering, do we pick A or B at this moment in time? We want to be looking at strategies, lessons learned, you know, what how how best to how best to uh to, to build towards the season. And I would go as far as saying to the guys who are watching, you know, we've got our ideas on content, and I think we'll just very quickly touch on that at the end. Um, but you know, if there's something you particularly would like us to look at, you know net that hall at gmail.com drop us a drop us an email we'll answer you um and you know we'll we'll do our best to accommodate you you know if you've got something a feature you'd like us to consider if you've got a feature you'd like to consider doing on on the show yourself give us a shout we're always happy to we're always happy to to hear from you um well we've got any more questions and then i think we need to shall we say get out of here Man City. I, I think that's a, probably a longer conversation. Yeah, we can save that for, for the next. Yeah, year. let's save that for next. Save that. Um, what's, our target, what's our target ranks? This is a great question from John. Um, my target rank is always personal best. So now mine's now thirty eight thousand. So that's my target. I think if I think we have to be. There's always an. I don't want to sound remotely disrespectful to anyone who finishes really high up. But there is always an element of luck, good luck, bad luck. You know, we all have it. Uh, and I think it, I think if you can just improve, you know, or even if you play, let's say you have a bad start and then you climb the ranks at the end, that's equally just as good. That's a real achievement. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the way I would say it. Try and look to either beat your rank or do something different. Very interesting. Yeah, well said. That's that's how I that's what I think anyway. Um, rough ideas, ranks, boys. What we after top hundred k's minimum is that normal? I get upset outside of top hundred k. I always hate. <laughs> I can't say I've had like five top hundred k finishes in the last five years because right. two of them were like one two two and one three two. So for me, a hundred is the number. But really, the truth is. Uh, for me, top 80k is the number because that's top 1% based on the current number. So yeah. I do think percentages more because a lot of people with, like, say, 7, 8, top 10k finishes, they had them in years with 1 to 4 million players. Now there's, like, 8 to 10 million. Information's everywhere. News isn't just given to the nerds who were on the forums, like me on Reddit back then or people on Scout, all these other boards, right? So the data is freely available for everyone now. It's very difficult to differentiate and beat people. I think that's what I've realized. But over 38 weeks, if you've got a system and you're consistent and stick to it, you should be able to generally get there or thereabouts to top 100K, I think. Therefore, if you can get top 10K, fantastic. But there is an element of luck. I agree with you. And it's about your 50-50 choices going right and your captaincy is pretty much being nailed. I think those are the two key things there. I think I think that's fair. And, of course, what we'll have to say is I've just made I've just decided on, on, on a challenge is that there is a forfeit for the person finishing bottom this year. I've just decided that out of us four. Uh, so just in in the uh, given that we've got someone in fancy dress in the bottom left hand corner of my screen, I was in green tea as well. This the FPL stag dude. In case anyone asks, it's not normal antics. Don't worry, <laughs> I'll put you off the show in the future. We are not furries here. Yeah, or, or, or if you yeah, enjoy warning. it, we'll, we'll get him on. Or if you enjoy well. it, I'll waggle my tail one more time. Before we this go. is some kind of like weird cosplay fucking setup. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was it was for the football for the stag. I guess we deserve the backstory to end it off. So I had to wear the hungover off my face, 
I'd been sick full time before I even got there. And I had to wear this for three hours of foot golf. And it was really hot and it was really intense. First round, I wore jeans. I had to get rid of the jeans. Then I just had like boxes on. Then I had no t-shirt. It was just, it was too oh, much. Oh, come on. Now oh, it's right. getting even worse. <laughs> no, but just, just, just answer John's question. I'll say my target every season is top 10K. What am I going to do to make sure I get closest as possible? And an analysis of me last season, I tend to unbalance my side with like premium players and I don't spend enough on my defence. So that's something I want to do about better, like have a more certain defence. A premium, a premium like Trent, and then maybe no defender cheaper than four million. Like, you know, have a bit of balance across the board, maybe a couple of fives, a couple of four point fives, and have like in general a more balanced squad. Because I think if you're going to unbalance your squad early doors, you're maybe going to leave yourself more prone to early well cared whereas if you have like players that you can sub on you might go well you know what I don't need the well care this week because I have X player to come on you know hmm. it's interesting I mean John's mentioning in the chat you know he, he would go it's to say my target's number one I mean that's great but attitudes obviously spot on you know let's try and win the damn thing but you know realistically at one stage my prediction i wanted to finish in the top uh, you know a three a three figure finish right that's what we were talking about uh, around game week 30 but then i had to readjust my targets and i think that's the point is this is my target now but ultimately we readjust as we go during the season because there's no point beating yourself up about it it's 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 fpl it's a game it's not life you know and i do see um, it, maybe we should touch on the mental aspect one day not tonight uh, but another day, you know, it's probably well worth a discussion about that type of thing because I think we should ask Ross uh, FPL Raptor to come on for that and tell us a little bit about. Do you know what? That would be lovely. It might be a really good pre-season thing to do. Actually, I'm very up for that. I think that, that would be, be really an exciting idea. I'm, I'm yeah, participating in, in Pikachu. Study, please, so. please, Pikachu. Please try to arrange. That's what I'm here for, guys. I'm here for a good time and meeting all of you. For a good <laughs> <laughs> that's my contribution. <laughs> um. So I think questions-wise, I think we're about done. I'm, I'm just going to go back to the screen. And basically, we put this out a couple of weeks ago on the back of the – or a week or so ago on the back of the very frightening pictures of uh, Christian Eriksen and the – you know, the thankfully he's okay. Um, and we, we obviously at that hall send, send him and his family all the best. But what we thought is that, you know, we're trying to grow our subscribers. It doesn't – cost us anything to, to to do it doesn't cost you guys anything to do it but it does us so what we're thinking about doing is if we reach a, a thousand subscribers we're gonna do we're gonna i think we're gonna donate to charity before anyway guys aren't we i yes. think we've generally decided exactly. we're gonna put the yeah, charity donate and then we're gonna continue in our realm of fpl robin hoods in that we are not gonna ever charge for anything but what we might do one day is we might say, look, we'll do extra stuff, but for a donation to charity. And I think that's the idea we want to go down. We want to be someone. We're going to pick charities throughout the, for this season, for next season, across the world. Um, and we will do our best to raise a little bit of money for charity through FPL and through the content and through the teams, everybody who's on it. So hit 1,000 subscribers and we'll donate some money. Hit 2,000 subscribers, we'll donate more. We haven't quite decided. I think we, was it a couple of hundred dollars or something like that once we reach 2,000 subscribers? It's not a lot of money, but it's nice to do. And I think if we can make a difference as a, as a show, as a channel, 
and put a little bit back into the world, I think it's a good thing. Um, so, yeah, so that's what we're going to try to do. So if you don't already subscribe, hit that button and get Pikachu to put his hand in his pocket. <laughs> Although he's probably just skint now because he's just spent his entire life savings on his wedding. It feels like it, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what Jazz is arriving in. It's um, a horse and carriage into Richmond Park, and they have to get the mason of the park to put the cattle grid and cover it so that the horse can get past. And the horses have uniforms, and it's all a bit crazy, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Some people get classic cars, but this is really them Central Park in New York vibes here. <laughs> you've, so lost, you've, lost the fucking, you've lost the fucking run of yourself, Nima. <laughs> he's lost it. Yeah, I think he's lost it. I think he needs to go and have a sleep. Are you going to go to bed? Are you going to turn up in bed like that tonight? That'll be hilarious if you oh, do. Hey, Nima's going out to the uh, underground house party right now. That would be Mate, if he goes out like looking like this, where are you? Where are you about, are you in London? Near, I'm actually it's quite it's quite a nice area. I'm just opposite from Craven Cottage on the other side of the river. Oh right, yeah, of course you are. You're down there, aren't you? Yeah, you're yes, I was quite down got, yes, I was gutted that they got knocked out before I could watch a Premier League yeah. game. But I'm gonna get a Wimbledon AFC season ticket because they've just built in Plough Lane. So you, you wouldn't be quite so surfing. You wouldn't be quite so surf down the old Kent Road, perhaps. Oh no, um, for sure. But is that no. a monopoly <laughs> coming out? <there? laughs> No, but seriously, guys, I think we're done. I think we're going to have to get out of here now. Yeah. Um, I think all we will say is that, look, please um, do hit that subscribe button. Do hit the bell for the content. The content's coming. We'll keep posting on Twitter what's coming up. We're planning on looking through all the players or, or the key players. We're going to start with fixture difficulty. There's no point doing anything else other than fixtures at the moment because we don't know where the players are going to be even. Totally agree. Yeah. So that's where we're going next. Fix your difficulty. So we will uh, probably this time next week, I think, we'll start with a fixture difficulty. Uh, and we'll not quite sure who's going to be joining me, but we will start it. Uh, I think we can all be on if we like. That's fine. Um, and we'll just run through the fixture difficulty and then we'll slowly but surely ramp up towards the season, going through key targets, players, etc. etc. Um, and yeah. That's that. So, <laughs> you're hot there. Are you hot there, Demon? No, no. I just wanted to give one last look of the haircut. There it is. <laughs> oh, the yeah, yeah, that's the other thing we wanted to that see. That was what Pikachu started on. I wasn't yeah. even meant to get Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to see that. So, so yes. So, in closing, gentlemen, thank you very much. Two hours and 30 minutes. Five bites of 30 minutes. <laughs> Longest one yet, sorry. Longest so one yet. We, we should get out of here before it hits 2.30, though. We do. We need to get out before it's 2.30. We are Netvat Hall. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. I'm FPL Mariner, at FPL Mariner. Gabe, at FPL Lens. Hibbo, at Hibbo underscore FPL. And Nima, at FPL Nima on Twitter. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. And pick us up on pods. Walking the dog sitting on the toilet, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, wherever you pick your team, pick us up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you soon. All the very best, guys. See you real soon. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.